in five, four, three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday, February 1st. Thank God we've made it through January. Happy February to you. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world famous University of Louisville Business Studios here in sunny, sunny Louisville, Kentucky. Cars fans. Take your career to new heights with an MBA from the University of Louisville. The full time MBA is an innovative 12 month program. That accelerates your career trajectory with convenient evening, uh, in-person evening classes, competitive 11-month paid internship opportunities, provide you with valuable industry experience. It's the MBA that pays. Get started today and earn your degree in just one year. The first step is visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the city of Louisville and far, far beyond. You know what's better as the Big X Mike Rutherford here with uh, Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, back behind the concrete today. Is anybody else back there with you today? I didn't even check in. Uh, no, not for now. For now, just me. Who's co- is somebody coming in later? Uh, Trey will be in later. I've got oh, that's a, right. You're, you're, you're hopping out of Yeah, I've, I've got a high school game tonight. Normally, the boys play on Fridays, but girls' sectionals going on over in Indiana, so I've got a game tonight as opposed to tomorrow. So, yeah, I've got to scoot a little early so I can make sure I get there on time. It's already playoff time in Indiana. Really? For girls. Yeah. Wow. Boys are about two weeks away. Maybe, no, actually probably three weeks away. That seems early. Yeah. Everybody from Kentucky always says that Indiana starts early. Well, it's because they have, you know, 55 different tournaments because they, they're they cowards. They don't do the one tournament anymore, which is God's way to crown a state champion. But well, we, whatever. Indiana also can't play nearly as many games as they can over here in Kentucky. I think the... I think it's like the max in, over in Kentucky is maybe 30, 30 plus. Indiana can only play, I think, 20. Because they're cowards. Well, how do you say that? We, we have not had this discussion before. I've talked with this with uh, with other Indiana people I know. My buddy Mark, Mark Titus, who does his own show over on Barstool now, he grew up in Indiana. He's a diehard Indiana high school basketball guy. And I was like, did it make you sad? When you went away from the one state champion? Because Hoosiers isn't even possible anymore. It's not a movie right. that you can make. But you, I mean, you are you're Mister Indiana as far as this radio station is concerned. You, you and Matt Dennison. What are your thoughts on Indiana having 17 different state champions now? I mean, there's. Let's be honest. You're exaggerating a whole lot. There's not, only, not really. There's only four in basketball. 17. 
So it's football. There's I I want to say six. That's the same as Kentucky, but which basketball is too many. Basketball there's only four. So I'm fine with it. I mean, do I long for the days that it was like it was? Not really, because I didn't really grow up in that era. Would it be cool if it was like that? I have no idea because I didn't grow up in that era. So I I like it how it is. I can't keep track of Indiana's like California to me, where they're trying to crown like state. There's like 17 different champions, like you now, know, it's, but it, it's not really a state champion. You're like you're a sectional champion. It's a, like I, I have no idea how the format works. I mean, it's very similar to here over at Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky it goes districts, then you got regionals, and district, then, region, state. Very simple. Exactly. Yeah. So we just got instead of going straight to state after regionals, we've got semi-state. We used to have semi-state back in the day. Yeah. In baseball, it's 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 very simple if you really look into it. I don't believe that. I like it though. It's too much. If it was like California and there were 17 state championships, maybe maybe I'd feel different. California's weird because but you there's see there's only four yeah, in I mean, the best state and or the best sport in the state. It's like following so, you know I'll follow Illinois basketball sometimes. I'm a big fan of the movie Hoop Dreams mm-hmm. and you know there's like a city championship and 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 there's like they're celebrating like they won it all, they're going nuts, same kind of thing in New York. And then it's like, "Oh yeah, we have to keep playing, but it doesn't really matter." I'm like, "Well, that's 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 silly." Kentucky's is so easy to understand. Yeah, two teams make it out of every district. There are four districts in a region. Eight teams play in the region tournament. Sixteen regions in the state. Sixteen region champions play for the state championship. Very easy to digest. I enjoy it. Um, it's the way it should be. Can, it's God's way. Kentucky runs very similar to what I experienced down in Florida. They got the whole district thing, and then the the top two teams advance out, and the 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 team that finishes second will go play the winner of the next district it runs very similar to kentucky so i'm used to that which it doesn't really bother me i mean every state's different you know that's what they say in 49 states it's just basketball i, I like them in all. indiana you've got 16 different state uh, a postseason tournament's a postseason tournament period i don't care what the format looks like okay well uh scoots this is the last day of the week for your your lengthy days here at big oh. x i'm sure you're very excited uh, don't don't sound too excited <laughs> and you have a short show you have just two hours here how was the uh, how was the Wednesday night? How's your Thursday been thus far? Wednesday was long. That Kentucky game, I had to stay up for it and didn't get over till a little after ten. TJ did the post game show. I hopped on, so I actually ended up falling asleep during that post game show. Which mm. it, it was a nice little like bedtime story hearing a bunch of Cats fans cry about a loss that they don't feel like they should have had. Can I be perfectly honest? Yeah, I, I did hop on the the, the TJ post game Twitter oh, did show you? for for a second. I did it anonymously because I I didn't want I, I was just, what I was well, I was genuinely interested in what they were going on, like to a say. backup account or what? No, 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 no. You have you have the opportunity if you go into like one of these things where you can. You can listen anonymously. It doesn't wow. show like, hey. Well, I didn't want it to be like, hey, he's just he wants to hear us cry. Like he's the Schadenfreude. Like, that was what part of it. What are you scared for? Well, I, I, no, it would be like kind of a d bag move. <laughs> like if I was in TJ's shoes and I saw me like hopping on the post game show, I'd be like, well, he just wants to like glow. He just wants to hear us like be be sad and miserable, which was part of it. <laughs> but I also genuinely you can't hide from that. I enjoyed TJ's commentary. I, I was genuinely interested in what he had to say. I didn't know who the other people were. But I wanted to There's hear randos that hop in because last night, like I, I did watch most of the Kentucky game. It was the first time <clears throat> in a while where I've watched like a Kentucky game from it was almost a good start game. to finish. It was a great game from a college basketball fan standpoint. It was a great game. It was like I, I was glad that it had overtime one because you know, Florida extended the game and had a chance to win, and two just because it was it was a fun little yin and yang back and forth, and I was excited to get five more minutes of it, but. Yes, I, I did listen for a little bit. It was the, the the commentary was good. They were the one guy was more upset than TJ was. There was one guy who was like, "I'm I'm done with this," and then one of the other guys was kind of. I, I did enjoy him talking about trying to defend Calipari, and he was going through like every year, and he was like, 
you know, they lose in this game. They could have won the national championship. 2020, that team could have won the national championship. I was like, oh, okay. Was, I was like, okay, buddy. That was Brian. That's the one that put me asleep. Bri- yeah, Bri- he, he kept going to this thing. He's like, you know, if they hit that shot against North Carolina, they're going to win the national he, championship. He's, he's if they don't lose out. to Loyola Chicago, they're going to win the national championship. He's the one that started out. TJ, I don't want to hate on Cal, but <laughs> here we go. And just <laughs> ran it on Cal for Which is the best way to minutes. start. Uh, it's the best possible way to start. It was a good night of college basketball. Um, the, yeah, the the UK Florida game was good. That's a big win for Todd Golden too, because if they get into the NCAA tournament as like a a ten eleven first four team, I think you point to that game and you're like, well, that's the sure. reason why how they yeah. got in. Like that's Todd Golden, who I, I loved at San Francisco. I've been talking about nerd ball for years since dating back to a couple of other shows. Kyle Smith started out there, who's now at Utah, doing a great job. Golden takes over, keeps it going. They had a great team a couple of years ago that played a fantastic game against Murray State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, just a, a, a cool philosophy. I was curious to see if it was going to work well at Florida. I, I had doubts. It seemed like a, an odd fit, but I, I love Golden personally, and it's nice to see him having some success, uh, even though he's younger than me and looks like he's 15. Like the, the dude legit looks like he's – You know, a lot of times it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's 38. He looks like he's 56. Todd Golden looks like he's 25, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But I did love last night after the game where, you know, as young as he looks and as young as he is, he still wasn't afraid to... Kind of resembles David Padgett, no? You've said that before. Have I? Yeah. Okay. Every time I see him, I think of David Padgett. I don't really see it that much. They, they, they do the same thing with their hair, where it's yeah. like kind of slick back, kind of spiky. I guess that's why I think that, yeah. He's also like a foot shorter than David Padgett. But <laughs> you know, again, you can still look like somebody despite a height discrepancy. But I, I did like last night via Jack Pilgrim of KSR... He was taught, He had said when Calipari went to the the podium for the post game press conference, one of his his quotes was, "We lost the game at the foul line. They had seven more makes than us. We were better than Florida tonight in just about every other category." And Golden, when he, it's his time at the podium, he gets asked about Calipari's comments, and he goes, "Well, that's factually incorrect." <laughs> and that kind of goes, "He's like they weren't better than us in uh, this area, that area, this area." And and I like that. He's, he's like he's not going to just sit there and like let Cal do his Cal thing, where it's like it's simple. We're the better team. We just didn't make as many free throws as they did. It's like, well, not so much. But it was a good game. I know UK was playing without uh, DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards is still out, although yeah. only one of those guys I think matters for them at this that point. That game goes a different way if DJ plays. Maybe. There, there's no maybe about it. It he's, does. He's hit or miss. Yeah, but, he, I mean, he's he's their best. I, I said this at the beginning of the season, and I, I stick by it. I think he's going to be their best slash most important player at the end of the season. And I think what you saw last night was evidence of that. I don't think they're going to let him do that. Like, you know, he's maybe not from a scoring he, like, standpoint. He's like sixth on the team in scoring or something. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mean necessarily from a scoring standpoint. I just mean like what, what he means to that team. I think he'll be their best player. Can I give you a bold proclamation for Kentucky? Because yeah. I've been typically like I, I'm so scared of Kentucky that maybe I overvalue them a little bit. And like mm-hmm. you know, the last couple of years, I've been like, I think they're going to go to the Final Four. They're that good. And this is the one team where I've been like, I don't. I don't think they have it. Yeah, you said that from the beginning. And I still don't think they have it. Like I, They don't defend. I mean, Reed Shepard, for as as much as he does on the offensive end, like he's the reason that game went to overtime. He's yeah. just standing there. Yep. And, and we, with his team up by three in less than five seconds to go, he just falls. And he's not a great on-ball defender either. He's He's got a great, here comes the, the white cliches, he's got a great feel for the game. Like He made <laughs> a great play on, on the time. He got beat on penetration, and he immediately goes to the corner and blocks the kid's shot uh, for a three that was was key in the final minute and a half of regulation. Like he makes those types of plays. He's a real cerebral guy. There's another one. But he's not 
great on the ball. Like he's he's a good off the ball defender. He, typically, he wasn't last night, but he makes a lot of mistakes defensively, and he's yeah. just uh, there are things that he can't do, and that's indicative of, of reflective of the entire team. But here's what I think is going to happen to Kentucky in the NCAA tournament. They're going to be like a, a high seed, probably like a, a top four seed. Antonio and I think Antonio Reeves. And I know this is probably generic UK fan criticism because I see it from them, but from an outsider's perspective, I think it, it tracks. He's good. I think he thinks he's like 50 times better than he actually is. Mm-hmm. He's going to go nuts in one of their first weekend games. Maybe the first round game, maybe the second round game of the NCAA tournament. He's going to drop like 28-30 on somebody, hit like seven threes. And then he's going to be thinking like, this is my Kemba tournament. Like this, It's my time to shine. I'm Marquise Noel this year. And he's going to shoot them out of their out of the tournament at some point, whether it's second round, Sweet 16, regional final. Like he's going, he's just not going to defer. They're going to play a team with a lot of talent, a bunch of athletes that's going to be better defensively on him than whoever they play in the first round. And he's not going to defer to the next level talent like Dillingham and Wagner. And it's going to kill him. It's, he's going to he's going to go like six of twenty one shooting in a game. That's an and inter- that's what's going to get him knocked out of the tournament. That's an interesting that mindset down. because I don't I don't get that vibe from. Reeves at all? Uh, I'm telling you, it's I, I don't like you. You bring up Dillingham. I think he, he kind of gives me those vibes a little bit. Like he he just feels like he's he can do it all and help this team win games. Where he, I guess he has done that a couple times. But he's taken Reeves has taken 15 or more shots in seven games since yeah, December 15. Yeah, but if you watch them, they're they're all good shots. Like he takes very little shots that you're like, no, that's ill advised. I mean, he he's taking te- good I, shots. I'm telling you. He, but he won't stop when he has just, a bad shooting night. Like I don't, South Carolina a couple weeks ago was he like six of eighteen. He's not going to stop shooting. He thinks he's the man. He he's good. He's very good. He thinks he's fifty times better than he I, actually see, is. See, uh, that I guess that's where I have the problem. I don't disagree with you that that could that could absolutely happen. He shoots him out of a game in the NCAA tournament. But I just I I don't agree with the fact that you think he's fifty times better than he is because I, I just I, I don't have that. I, I don't know. I don't get that from him, that he's he thinks he's bigger than the game or better than the game or all that. Just telling you. I just don't I just don't, down. I just don't get it. They're going to play somebody who can put the clamps on him. Dillingham's going to be the guy who can get a step or two on his guy. He's going to drive to the basket, score a bunch of points, and then Reeves just isn't going to want to give up the, the, the crown. It's March. It's his show. It's his last go-round. He came back to Kentucky for this reason. They gave him all the, you know, hey, don't worry about all the new talent. Like, you're still going to be the man, and you, you have to mold this group, and it's going to wind up costing him. I'm just telling you, they're not going to go to the final four. Not going to happen. Guess time will tell. And they also don't defend. Like that's the bigger thing. No, yeah, they just for they, sure. they don't defend. Although I feel like they're making more of a concerted effort. I watched a little bit of the Arkansas game over the weekend, which I do think was more about Arkansas than Kentucky. And they defended. And they ended up giving ninety four points up ninety four points in overtime. They were making more of an effort. I, I felt like defensively last night than I've seen at times. They just kind of you know. They just get out of position. I don't want to compare Kentucky to Louisville <laughs> because Kentucky is playing a different sport entirely than Louisville. But there is the sense of like they're working hard. They just don't have a, a great grasp of what they're supposed to be doing. And that's you know you're playing a lot of young guys. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this. Calipari has a lot of freshmen on his team typically. <laughs> a lot of newcomers. But that was it. Was a good game last night. Big win for Florida. They get the job done. They, they, you know you're looking at that roster last night. William Clayton Jr. is a guy that we went after for a short period of time who he was from Iona, I think it ended up coming down to, was he going to follow Rick Pitino to St. John's, or was he going to go to Florida? He ends up picking Florida, which was a huge deal for both teams, because he could have helped St. John's immensely this year, and he's been very, very good for Florida this season. they got shooters. You know, I think Florida's a team, if they get into the tournament, 
they could pull a couple of upsets because they have the outside shot, but they could also lose their first game by like 25 points. They're one of those teams this year, and there are a lot of those teams. Uh, outside of that, last night, St. John's did lose to Xavier, which is a bad loss for them. That was a that was a big one. But your uh, your hated Purdue Boilermakers oh, boy. pushed to the brink, almost got a season sweep at the hands of Northwestern they last should night. Have. They probably should have. Uh, did they? Speaking of not playing much defense, they do prevail in overtime, one hundred five to ninety six. Weird thing too. So I mean, some some very questionable whistles down the stretch. Uh, you know, the little Mackey Arena whistle for you. Chris Collins gets thrown out after the final buzzer in overtime, which was kind of hilarious. But it was it, Northwestern almost had a about as good of a win as anybody's had this entire season. Northwestern's good. Uh, they are. Boo Booey yeah. can play for sure. He's Boo, awesome. He should have ended it in regulation. Did you watch it? I, I saw the highlights. So, yeah, he had a nice little floater right down the lane, nobody in front of him, and he just left it short. Should have never even went to overtime. Should've. But, I mean, everyone, everyone's talking about the free throw discrepancy, and, like, rightfully so, right? 46-8. to eight. That's the final amount how? Of, of taken free throws. How? 29 makes for Purdue, 6 for Northwestern. Yeah, if you want to do the John Calipari thing, that, that was the difference in that game was the free throws right there. Uh, Northwestern shot 57%, 57.6% from the field, and made 14 of 27 three-pointers. Purdue was 10 of 21 from three, and did, they did shoot 58% from the field. But the difference there is a 23-point advantage at the free-throw line. Uh, Zach Eady goes for 30 and 15. Braden Smith, who was the you know, snubbed on the, the point guard of the year finalist list, dishes out 16 assists. And then who's the kid from uh, the transfer from Southern? Lance Jones yep. uh, has 26 points. He played really well. And I do think that he can be a difference maker for them. If you're talking about why they're going to be different in the tournament this year, you know, they did get a guy who's more athletic in the backcourt who can help them out a little bit um, by bringing Jones in. I, I still think, like, I don't think they're going to lose in the first round or anything. But I think the the issues with Purdue winning a national title that were present last year are still very much there this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and they were kind of on display a little bit in that game, it sounds like. But big win for them, 105-96, holding off Northwestern. It's just ridiculous. You know that's the biggest free throw discrepancy in Big Ten history? Is it really? Yep. 46, I mean, hell, 46 nines is 38. That's, that's a ton. That's a, it's, a, it's a lot. That should never happen. Should never happen. Uh, Richard Patino's New Mexico Lobos got beat last night in the late game. Uh, I watched a little bit of that before I fell asleep. Boise State goes into the pit and wins 86-78. to Shout out to Leon Rice, one of my favorite coaches in college basketball. Gets the job done. Boise State, big win for them as they try to make a move for the NCAA tournament. Baylor did beat UCF on the road. Yeah, I, I did not fall for the trap bet. I went with Baylor. Yeah. I uh, got that win. Also, the Big X Big Bet of the Night, Richmond. Yeah. In a romp. I wanted to thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. That was the, that I was backed the big you one. on that one. We'll give you another one at the end of the show today. But the Spiders, shout out to Chris Mooney. 8 0 in the A 10, first place. The guy who was about to get fired two years ago goes on a miraculous run to win the conference tournament. Uh, has to step down last year in February because of uh, heart surgery and then comes back this year and they're having a hell of a season. So props to him. Uh, Alabama, the other game, goes on the road, nearly loses to Georgia, has a monster second half. To win by nine, that was a game that you know. Speaking of potential signature victories, Mike White and Georgia really needed for their NCAA tournament hopes. And Bama, Mark Sears goes off, and and they score fifty eight points in the second half, which is outrageous. I and said it earlier. I said it earlier today, but my gosh, that that was my biggest regret of the night: not slamming them on the money line. Bama, yeah, when they were down big. Yeah, I mean, that's great. That was the time to get them. Well, they, they were down like thirteen and a half. Fourteen, yeah, fourteen. Jeez. Uh, yeah, 27 points in the first half, 58 points in the second half. That's uh, I, I still don't know what to make of Bama. I like Nate Oates. I, I like the pieces they have. The metrics love them, but 
they just don't seem to be able to put it all together. Like this could definitely be one of those seasons where you know last year they're the most consistent team in college basketball. Everyone's like, damn, they're they're good. Brandon Miller's a superstar. Even when they have the 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 off the court issues, they keep winning. They're the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, and then they just kind of lay an egg in the big dance. I feel like this could be the opposite, where it's like they're just there's no consistency. They're up and down. They got the pieces. They just don't seem to be fitting. They get into the tournament as like a four, five, six seed and, and make a gigantic run. Like I, I can see that it, that happens yeah. with programs a lot of the time. I can see it as well. Yeah, it's not the year you think, uh, but you know they, they just kind of get the right draw, get hot at the right time. Something clicks for whatever reason, uh, and it works out for them. But that was a big win for them last night. And then uh, the number one team in the country, UConn, holds off Providence at home, seventy four sixty five. The final score that was. I watched a little bit of that too. I don't know if there was like a delay. It was supposed to be over no. like an hour earlier than it was. Yeah, it took like two and a half hours. It was. I, I turned it on expecting it to be the very end of the game, and it was like the start of the second half. I don't have it pulled up, but I want to say there were forty-eight foul, fouls called. It's that it was so clunky. It was so gross. Even when they weren't calling the fouls, there was neither team could seem to make a shot for the stretches that I was watching. A lot of turnovers. Uh, yeah, thirty-six free throw attempts by UConn. Twenty-six free throw attempts for Providence. Um, Total of God, 28 fouls called against Providence, 18 fouls called against UConn. That's disgusting. That's 46 fouls. Old Jeez. school Big East basketball, uh, the, the the worst kind. Both teams shot poorly from, from everywhere. Providence 4 of 18 from 3. UConn 4 of 23 from 3. Gross. Gross, gross, gross. Uh, but UConn does win. Hold it off. Good night at college basketball there. We got women's college basketball tonight. The U of L women will take on Syracuse. Big time matchup. I've never seen this before, Scoots. I don't know if you can think of anything like this on on the men's or the women's side. The discrepancy in the ranking of Syracuse from one poll to the next. Like you've got because you know, people on the men's side, I feel like everyone just kind of uses the AP poll now. Yeah. On the women's side, they they sort of use both. It's like number thirteen and number twelve. Like Syracuse in the the game notes. Well, I guess this is wrong now that I'm looking at it because it's not true. In the game notes for U of L, they had Syracuse as uh, 21st in one poll and 13th in the other, which is not true. They're that's a typo. They're 21st in the AP poll and 23rd in the wow. coaches. Wow! Fire poll. the intern for a second there. Fire I, the intern. When I looked at that, I was like, "There's no way. That just that, that makes no sense." So the, the, an eight spot discrepancy is just very very strange. I mean, Louisville does have a four spot discrepancy, which is very weird. They're 12th in the coaches poll and 16th in the AP poll, but it is going to be a top 25 battle tonight at the KFC Yum Center. Uh, Louisville will host Syracuse. 7 o'clock is the tip-off time. You can't watch it on normal TV. You can stream it on Watch ESPN or the ACC Network Extra app, but you can listen to it on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Cards first place in the ACC for right now. They're 7-1. and one. They're the only team in the league with fewer than two losses, but Syracuse right behind them, 7-2 and two in the conference, 17-3 and three overall. This is a big game for Louisville. Uh, with their hopes of you know not just trying to win the conference championship, but but also secure that double buy in the conference tournament. Because if you lose this one, all of a sudden there you're in a, a logjam. There are five teams that would have two losses if you're not able to pull this one off tonight. And you've got a tougher, much tougher February schedule upcoming than you had in January. You got to play NC State. You got to play um, I think you Carolina again. You got to play Virginia Tech. You have to play Notre Dame. So. It's going to be a, a gauntlet for the U of L women's team, and it starts tonight. Big time game for them. Uh, yeah. Tipping off at seven o'clock. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, I've got a couple of stories I want to get to. We can talk a little Louisville football. There's some notes about how Louisville players are performing at the Senior Bowl. Their practices this week. Jeff Brom in South Florida recruiting. Who he's going after? Who he's looking at? And then we got some nonsense planned for today. It's going to be a fun day. I'm excited about it. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here with Justin Kalen, aka Scooter Dingus, 
on a Thursday on the Big X. if people were like actually named Billy Bob. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you got I, Billy Bob Thornton. I know some Billy Bobs out there. My, my favorite thing was I, when we were planning our our, our wedding. And you know, my wife's from Central Kentucky. I'm from here. And I heard her, she's like, we're going over the guest list. And I'm like, did I, did I just hear a Jimbo? And Mary's like, I think there are like four Jimbos coming to our wedding. I was like, we got, I was like, the Jimbo ratio has been filled. I feel good about it. I'm happy about it. Uh, a little bit of sad news to kick off this segment. I, I just saw this. I guess it happened. The announcement was made before we came on the air, but I'm just seeing this now. Uh, Mike Martin, the legendary Florida State baseball coach, uh, has passed away, uh, which is very sad. Just retired a couple of years ago. Went to 17 College World Series. Jeez. Yeah, f- spent 40 years at FSU, had 17 Super Regional appearances. Um, 2,000 wins. 2,000 wins. I mean, was there forever. and 40 years. Yeah, he, you know, he's a guy, when Louisville started, you know, made made the transition to the ACC. We had a nice little baseball rivalry w- with Florida State because Florida State was always good. And it's kind of crazy. People talk about, y- you know, Dan McDonald getting to all these College World Series, not winning the big one, not being able to get over that hump. Uh, I mean, you, you were talking about not being able to get over the hump. Mike Martin had obviously, uh, arguably the greatest, you know, program in baseball i'm so mad i was gonna make win a national title i was gonna make the joke but i thought it was too soon what 40 tournament appearances did not win a national championship never won a national title title. i mean that was the it was the thing that always stuck with that is why i mean all those college world series appearances all those super regional appearances i mean you go to the college world series 17 different times they knocked out the uh, kyle schwarber indiana team i remember they were always fantastic they just never it's very tough to win a national title and he never got it done but r.i.p to mike martin that's very very sad news um, here to start the segment. Before we get into the, the the football talk, how about a fun story? Let's do it. Fun, fun, maybe not the right word. You're a big golfer, Scoots. You, mm-hmm. we've golfed together once. Speaking of, I need to check on the tournament. Yeah, you too. We, Who you got this week? Tommy Fleetwood. Okay, got the crazy winds going. Uh, have you seen any of the the highlights from the practice rounds at Pebble? Uh, I saw some Jason Bateman clips earlier. 
Jason Bateman clips. Yeah, because they do like the celebrities play well, yeah. out there type deal. But I don't know if you saw like the wind yesterday was so insane. Mm-mm. Like there was a cl- like Tony Finau hit driver on the the 100 yard par three because the wind was going so nuts. And yeah, on 18, which you, know, you got the ocean on the the left side there. Justin Thomas basically like aimed at the middle of the ocean and it came all the way back into the fairway. <laughs> it, it was it was so nuts. But so you know we went with the the wind player and Tommy Fleetwood. He is one under par through through 12 holes. Rory yeah. winning. Rory's five under. Impressive. Patrick Cantlay right there at four under. Justin Rose still playing golf at four under. Stacked leader. Ricky Fowler, BDR, right there at three under par. JT, three under par. Hopefully it's a nice bounce back year for the Louisvillian. But you play golf a lot. Well, not recently. But well, nobody's played golf recently around here. It's been I very mean, cold. I, I don't even know if I've played since October. And that's, not that, that's pretty normal, Scoots. No, if, I hate if it. If you live in this area. It's four months. It's only been four months. But to my point, you play golf a lot. You play mm-hmm. golf more than the normal person. And I'm sure, sure you've, been, you've been driven to golf rage at various times. Oh, absolutely. This is maybe the best golf rage story that I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, it's it's going to be great. It's from the Reddit golf page. I follow Zyre Golf on Instagram, and they share. Sometimes it's repetitive, but they usually share some good stuff that I enjoy. And this is the story. I was playing golf with my friend and his dad. We're on hole seven. And my friend's dad's already having a rough day. It's a swearing loudly and talking in the third person kind of day. <laughs> He's about 130 out, back left pin, water on the right, laying nine. He takes two practice swings, gets over the ball, shanks it dead right. The ball violently careens into the lake, kerplunk, and we all just sit there waiting for the bomb to go off, tension so thick in the air that you have to work it into your yardage. But, out of, but to all of our shock, nothing, just silence. He looks down at the ground almost as if he was staring through it, then gives a slight defeated shrug of his shoulders. He walks over to his bag, puts his club back in. We thought it was over. The atom bomb that was ticking was a dud, and there was an unspoken sigh of relief between the other players in our group. But then he did something no one expected. Without making a sound, he unclips his entire golf bag from the cart, slowly walks over to the lake, and then with a kind of lazy arm defeat, tosses his entire bag into the lake, (laughs) clubs and all. At this point, we're all just standing there in shock, not knowing what to do. As he's walking back to the cart, he doesn't even make eye contact with us. He just grabs his phone out of the cubby and starts walking away, across the fairways to the great golf beyond. It was the equivalent of witnessing a golf suicide, and that's what it felt like. No anger, no explosion, just a serene almost acceptance. Like he just calmly got to the place beyond anger, beyond caring, looked into the black golf abyss, beyond everything, and just said, I'm finished. After he was out of earshot, I looked at my friend and just said, is he going to be okay? <laughs> my friend responded, I should probably go check on him. He got in the cart and drove after him and never came back either. That's when I learned sometimes the scariest kind of rage is the place that lies beyond rage, beyond caring, where a total apathy exists. Never seen it on a golf course before, and I never care to again. There it is. He just he was done. That was the last golf moment of his entire life. He, yeah. he, 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 the sport broke him. That would absolutely mess up my entire round. Right, if you were playing well, with yeah. that, even if he's like gone, you're you're gonna play like crap the rest of the round. I mean, there have been to- I've never been pushed to that brink. Obviously, no. there there have been times where have you ever bro- broke a club? I've never broken a club. I've thrown okay. clubs before. Um, more in my more in my like younger years when sure. I was like when I thought I should be good at everything. Like I've I've had times where you know there's a moment that takes the round from okay I'm. I, like I'm beyond like trying to play well at this point. Like the, the round is ruined. Yeah. 
I'm just gonna like, like I'm just gonna start screwing around. Like, try I, to I, have fun. Yeah, like I've wasted my money. Like, this is gonna like, let's not keep scoring. I, I've been to that point before where I've like chunked a, a a chip after already not playing very well, and I've been like, you know, the the mental equivalent of throwing all my clubs in the in the water and just saying to hell with this. But see, I've never stopped keeping score. Oh, I have before. There, there have been a couple bad. There have been a couple rounds of my life where I've just been like, all right, that, that's it. Even if which this has never happened, but even if I'm shooting like eight or nine on every hole, I'm still not going to stop keeping score. Like I, that's why I'm there to know my score. Well, at some point, like when you know it's going to be triple digits, you're like, okay, this is this this is not good. I don't yeah, know. but it could be low triple digits. Well, one hundred one ain't that bad. I'm not. I'm not bragging about a one hundred one <laughs> ever. Me neither. But yeah, the, I'm trying to think. The last time it happened, my buddy Brian Smith's probably listening. We went to Eric Wood used to have a, always had a Fourth of July party, and we went one year, and I probably drank a little bit too much, and we had uh, tea time over at Coverbridge uh, Fuzzy Dollar Scores. Great course, great course, very fun. I was excited to play it. I never played it before, and like I'm I, at, like the turn, I'm like throwing up hot dogs. Like I'm I'm I'm, ch- I'm shanking everything. I'm chunking chips. And it was like I was like I just want to get this over with. This this is so, it's, I'm, ha- I'm not having fun at all. It was like 90 billion degrees out there. It was terrible. Like I was just ready to be done. But I still never threw golf clubs in the water. I never gave up. But I did shoot like 117 or something where I was like this is this is. Just, oh, but you kept score that day. I mean, I think I was I was on track to shoot like 117. I'm sure I kept I stopped keeping score at the last six holes because <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, I mean, if if I if I'm shooting over fifty at the turn, I'm probably like, yeah, like this, I, I'm I'm done. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, because you can go out and shoot a forty-two on the back. You, I mean, I'm probably gonna keep score, but I'm like not gonna be like, yeah. I mean, if I shot a forty-two on the back, I'm gonna be pissed off that it's not that I'm not shooting like mid eighties because the round's already ruined. It's already over. It's you done. can't let golf make you mad. Yeah, you can't. ever. I mean, I, the thing is, I don't play enough anymore. It's uh, I've played like four times in the last two years. I was actually I was telling my managers a couple weeks ago at the hotel, which I'm rarely there anymore, but. I was telling them that I'm just gonna, I'm eventually just gonna have to quit because I can't deal with the people. I can't deal with everybody being mad all the time. And they were like, "Well, what are you gonna do?" And I was like, "I don't know. Maybe I'll just go get a part time job at a at a golf course." What do you mean you can't deal with the people? You you, you, you quit the hotel? Yeah. I, thought, I thought you meant you were talking about quitting golf. No, 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 no. Like the yeah, the hotel. Just everybody's so mad. There's, I don't know. I, I just a hotel. I, I always assume would be a tough place to work. Yeah. So I was telling him that I'd eventually just like to go to a golf course because even if you're going out there and you're shooting 140, you're coming back to the clubhouse and you're still in a good mood because you got away from your wife for a few hours and played some golf. There are worse jobs to have. I yeah. mean, I, when we everybody's went, just going to be happy there. We got to play Valhalla last April because they were doing this like media scramble. No big deal. It was very fun. Yeah, I I'd never played before. I feel like it was one of those. Like, I'd been invited multiple times, and every single time something fell through. Terry Myers invited me to play with him. I'm like, hell yeah, let's let's do it. When I first started working at 790, and then they were aerating the course that weekend. I was like, you've got to be kidding me! Like, 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 like we're not going to play. And a couple other times, like weather rained us out, and I just, I've never played before. And all of my friends, I felt like had played at one point. So when I got the media scramble invite to kick off their coverage for the the, the PGA Championship, I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And I got Danny to play with me, who did do the podcast with. It was a lot of fun. But the guys who were our caddies, it was like a uh, a dad of one of my friends who I played baseball with growing up who is retired now and he and his buddy they're both like you know in, in probably like like 60s um maybe early 70s like they're just it's something to do like they're like we love the job you get to play for free on Mondays mm-hmm. like, why why the hell not and my brother caddied Valhalla when he was growing up he was really good at golf and the I mean, the free round on Monday alone kind of makes it worth it and caddy tips, would tips be are a, great caddy would be a good time caddy would be a good time i never i never did it i had friends that worked at i think Hurstburn country club and a couple that worked at Audubon. i think i they would always had some good stories i think i would just i think i would just want to do like multiple jobs wear every hat you know 
One Somebody, day, one day you need me to cut grass, I'll cut grass. You need me to bartend the next day, I'll bartend. Like someone makes excuse their club pro. Yeah. Is he licensed? No. Who cares? Just making the pro. You don't need a license for that. You don't need you to kidding get, me. There's no. Yeah. Is he good? No. Who cares? I don't want to be a club pro. <laughs> then I've got expectations. That's uh, the last thing I need is expectations. We played in a, a scramble one time, like the Derby Festival scramble, and I won't say who the person was, but like every team got assigned to club pro. And from one of like the country clubs locally or whatever. And the club pros they were technically a part of your scramble team, but they also were playing their own like their own ball for total and like against each other was part of the tournament. And like like our team was we we're fine. Like we're all like okay golfers, but none of us were really good. And we're expecting the club pro to, to kind of carry us a little bit. And it gets to the sixth hole. And I mean, this guy's he's a lot of hooks, a lot of a couple chunks here and there. And we're like, I mean, is this guy gonna bleep and pick it up at any point? He like it's a, it's a par three, and he like hits it in the bunker, and it takes him like three shots to get out of the bunker. Oh, and I was like, this no. is a, I was like, is this a joke? Are we are we being punked? This is an absolute. The guy shot like ninety seven, and I was, I'm not gonna say where he was from, but I was like, Jesus Christ! Like I think I beat this guy. This is terrible. And we finished like third to last in the scramble. I was like, this is this is awful. But uh, a lot of pressure on the pros in, in those. But you don't have to be great, clearly. Uh, anyway, well, we, we lightened up a little bit before we talked about uh, some UFL stuff. Well, it's football, so it's positive, right? Let's debate Chris Beard for 50. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're, we're not going to do that. We've done, we've done it enough. It has been a, it's a big week for a lot of former UFL players. It, you know, you, you've got senior bowl practices going on. Soon we're going to have the, um, the, the, the Reese's. One of the Reese's is the Senior Bowl. The other, like the Hula Bowl is going to happen. Jack Plummer and, and Isaac Rendo are playing there. But the biggest winner so far this week, uh, not just a, a former U of L players, but maybe of anybody who's participating in some of these practices, is former Louisville cornerback Jarvis Brownlee, who's just drawing rave reviews out of Senior Bowl practice week. Every day this week, they're talking about the hype being justified for him. Uh, he was. He was coined as the best player of day two by multiple people. That was yesterday at practice. And ESPN had a recap of the first couple of days of practice out there, and they highlighted him as one of the biggest risers at Wednesday's practice. He said the most impressive player besides Darius Robinson, who was mentioned earlier, earlier in that story, was Louisville cornerback Jarvis Brownlee. The five foot 183-pounder plays much bigger than his listed size, especially when asked to jam wide receivers at the line of scrimmage. He uses length and strength to impact and control receivers, and he throws off the entire route with that initial pop and power. In a practice that was largely dominated by the defense, Brownlee was the top defensive back I saw during the team and individual portions of practice. He had 17 pass breakups and three interceptions over the past two seasons. He's sneaking up, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's a round two buzz after today. Hmm. That's a wild jump. I mean, when you were looking at some of the the draft grades for Louisville players that were coming out after the season— you saw like Jawar Jordan, kind of in that six seven range. Um, who, who Jamari Thrash in that six seven range, and Brownlee wasn't really on a whole lot of people's boards. You, you didn't there, there weren't a ton of people who were saying this guy's going to get drafted. Now he's being talked about as a potential second round pick. Uh, it's, it's a gigantic leap forward for him. I think it's also it, it further kind of drives home how you can you can place some of the blame for Louisville's defense tailing off a little bit towards the end of the season, it may not be a coincidence that it directly coincided with when Brownlee got hurt and wasn't able to play as much. You know, he missed a couple of games, and even when he came back, he was splitting reps with Storm Duck and and wasn't able to be full go, didn't look like his former self a little bit, was a step or two slower. And I think that because Duck was 
such a drop-off, surprisingly, from Brownlee at the cornerback spot opposite Quincy Riley. It, it forced Ron English and company to dial back the defense a little bit, maybe dial up some more blitzes because they felt like they couldn't cover um, quite as well. And it changed the, the entire way the defense played. And now he's kind of showcasing just how valuable he was. Props to Jarvis Brown. This is a, a cornerback-heavy draft, and he's making a name for himself, which is pretty cool. Um, Jamari Thrash also is participating in this week. He was, according to the people who have been watching him, plagued by drops a little bit the first day or so, really struggled with drops. Maybe that's still part of the, you know, the, the hand surgery, the wrist surgery that he had in the middle of this past season. But he's still catching people's attention with his route running. It made a great catch yesterday for, on a ball thrown by Spencer Radler from South Carolina, um, which was highlighted by Taylor Kyles, who's covering the, the draft out there. So props to Jamari. It sounds like he still like, would not be shocked at all to see him get his name called. And also a guy who I think can maybe surprise people in training camp because hopefully that injury is going to be fully healed and, and drops won't be as much of an issue for him because, look, drops, they, they were kind of an issue when he came back because he basically had one good hand to work with. And, Scoots, I don't know if you know this, but catching balls with one hand is, is, is fairly tough. It is. Not, catching balls with two hands is tough. Catching balls with two hands is also tough. You're, you're not wrong about that. But So anybody that's in this right now, they can't come back to school, right? I think they've changed that rule up a little bit. I think you technically can, but for the most part, guys aren't going to go through this if, if there's – like they've pretty much decided that they're yeah. going to come back. Cause the but senior, if they get like bad feedback. Yeah, I think that that's – maybe I think like two or three guys who did this last year came back for one more season. but For Louisville? No, not, not oh, for Louisville, just, just in, in general, you know, overall. The Senior Bowl, because it used to be limited to just graduating seniors. Even if you were a junior coming out early for the NFL draft, you weren't eligible for this. They've changed it the last couple of years because, you know, what the hell is a senior anymore? Everyone's a redshirt sophomore. It doesn't matter if they've played six or seven years in college football. The eligibility is out the wazoo. So they, you know, some juniors are there, some, some regular seniors are there, some seventh-year seniors are there, and I think some guys who still have eligibility are, are going through this, but... Like, because Thrash could have come back for another year if he wanted to, and he's, he's not going to. Um, Jordan could have come back. Isaac Grando could have come back, but they're all going through this process. And I think for the most part, these are all guys that have, have made that commitment. They're not in school anymore. They're not – they're going pro in something <laughs> besides uh, academics. They're, they're gone. So props to Jarvis Brownlee getting it done. Did you see the picture of uh, – Rick Pitino after the game last night with the former U of L and UK players. I did not. No. He was there. He, you know, they lost. It was a bad <laughs> loss for St. John's. But he posed with Darren Feldhouse, Sean Woods, Jared Prickett, and then Elijah Justice, the the bullet, the former U of L walk on from Pikeville, who is looking like Papa John now. See the picture. Follow it. It's on Rick Pitino's Instagram or Twitter account. Tell me I'm wrong. He's he's looking too much like Papa John. David David Pageant was also at the game. It was nice to see some. I know a lot of local people here who have close ties to Rick, drove up to, to Cincinnati. It's the closest game in the Big East for them. And Which one do you think looks like Papa John? The one on the far uh, far l- left of the picture. No. You don't, he looks just like Papa John. I, yeah, I don't see that. He's got the jacket, the St. John's. I mean, it's, it's the bullet. He still looks great, but he's starting to look a little like, like Papa John in the face. You're saying he's getting chubby. No. Papa John's not chubby. Papa, Papa John's had some work done. He's not, he's not chubby. So this guy's had some work done. No. Bullet, That's what you're saying. The bullet does not need to have any work done. <laughs> He's great, but he's just starting to look a little like Papa with the hair. Yeah, I just don't see it. I'm a big Bullet guy, big fan. Yeah, he was he was Kentucky Mr. Basketball. He, you know, small town kid, led his school to a state championship. He now coaches out there, and he's done a great job. But one of my favorite all time stories about 
like just how insane we are at this part of the country. I mean, we we we. I scoffed yesterday at Travis Perry being named Kentucky Sports Person of the Year. I mean, it was Perry and then Reed Shepard, two guys who are high school basketball players for most of last year who didn't win a state championship. Were the two most famous people in Kentucky sports, according to the the media voters. But when I worked at the law firm before I started law school, I was sitting in the front and I'm wearing shirt and tie, like normal workout. I'm not wearing any Louisville stuff. I'm not doing any Louisville stuff. I'm not, nothing that indicates that I'm a sports fan. And there's this family that comes in and they're here to meet the attorney that I work for. And I'm like, okay, can you, can you guys just wait here for a little bit? And like, sure, don't, no, no worries. And they've got a big twang and I'm talking to them back and forth. And at one point they just go, so are y'all excited about the new player you got? A very vague statement, like a very, like could be about anything. Who knows what the hell they're talking about? And I knew exactly what they were talking about because Elijah Justice had just committed to Louisville as a preferred walk-on. And I was like, you talking about Justice? They're like, yeah. He's like, we're from Pikeville. We're from that, that area. And they, we start having this huge back and forth. And I was like, only in this part of the world could you have that type of just broad statement. They've got no idea if they even like sports. If I'm a Louisville fan, if I'm a Kentucky fan, if I'm a whatever fan. But they're in the city of Louisville. They know that Elijah Justice just committed there as a walk-on. And they want to talk about him. And I was like, yeah. Let's do it. It was a, a perfectly Louisville, Kentucky moment, and it was awesome. I love the bullet. He was great. Uh, still pretty wild that he was above Russ Smith on the depth chart his freshman year when they both were freshmen, but that's, that's how it works around here. Uh, Scoots, I've got another wild story for you. Dang, let's do it. Have you heard about this new, the, the, the latest on the Amelia Earhart thing? The, you know, the, the lost record. Someone found her plane or something? They think. They think. If you haven't seen this, how is that not found by now? Well, how's it just gone into the abyss? Are you like I, I feel like people our age at one point in time, like we all heard about Amelia Earhart and the Bermuda Triangle when we were kids, right? Is that where she went down the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that piece. Well, you're, you're gonna ruin my whole spiel here, but uh, I was talking about. <laughs> I feel like at one point in time, people our age, like we were all very, very concerned as kids about the Bermuda Triangle. They taught this in schools. Mm-hmm. It was like. People would just fly over, and they would just get lost. And, it, you know, as a kid, I'm like, is somebody going to do something about this? Why are world leaders not coming together and being like, how are people just disappearing over this remote area of the world? And why are people still flying over there? This is a, this has to be done. But the, a team of uh, underwater archaeologists have been set out to find Amelia Earhart's plane. They think they know where it went down. So they're, they're searching the Pacific Ocean floor for pieces of um, of the plane. And I think the guy leading it, by the way, his name is Tony Romeo, which is a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic name. And, and so it, it, this has been like a nine-year deal. They're trying to find this guy's just obsessed with this. He's pouring millions and millions of dollars into this. And it's like looking for a needle in the haystack mm-hmm. because it's, it's the ocean floor. And this is you know, it's been almost 100 years since this happened. And they did, this week, release a, a sonar image of what appears to be the outline of that exact type of plane or pieces of it, and it was, like, I guess, a really unique plane at the time. They don't, they didn't make any that had this type of tail and this type of nose. Uh, av- after that, so there again, I'm a little bit, I'm skeptical because it's just, it's a very kind of weird looking sonar image. But they think they found, they think they found the plane. Tony Romeo, the CEO of Deep Sports Sea uh, Vision, he he says that they found it uh, somewhere within a 100 mile radius of Halland Island which is where Earhart was supposed to refuel on her the quest where she was initially lost, where she just didn't show up. Well, what are we waiting for? Pulled up. 
I mean, I wish I, I'm assuming it's not that easy, Scoots, but I'm excited to see if it, if this is. I mean, you know, it's been 86 years. I think we're we're all due some answers to That's what happened wild. to Amelia Earhart. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Thank you for your wonder wonder what else they found down there. Because there's been like all kinds of ships and stuff too, right? Right. I mean, again, it's on our image, but they're they're looking for something. I remain skeptical. It seems like her plane. Yeah, I mean, it 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 seems like it's uh, could be another plane. Yeah, who knows? It seems promising, but it's 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 also like when you see these images of Bigfoot, they're like, "There's a new one." It's like, oh, it looks like kind of a tree. It's just very, it's blurry. How the hell could you know? Um, they also talked about there were a lot of crashes around these islands at the time. Like, could be a, a Japanese plane. Could be a different type of American right. plane. Could it be something else. Like, all, all we know right now is that it looks kind of like a plane, which, you know, I'm sure this guy is looking for something to justify spending millions of dollars doing this. And you can understand why his excitement right now, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Man, it, sound, it almost sounds like he's expecting to pull that bad boy up and it says 1924 on it. What, I think it was 1932. Oh, whatever. You said 100 years ago. I said almost 100 years. 86, I think. We, I was just going with 37, actually, we're both wrong. 1937. My dad also wants me to note that Amelia Earhart went down the Pacific Ocean thousands of miles from the Bermuda Triangle. But we were told as kids, it's the Bermuda Triangle. Hmm. It took on uh, mythic proportions. And I was very concerned about it. I was like, a, the Bermuda Triangle and quicksand, I think, were the two things in my youth that were the most. <laughs> Quicksand's a good one. Dude. Most overstated things of all time. <laughs> like, I, I thought quicksand was a very significant issue when I was seven years old. <laughs> Every cartoon I watched, someone was getting stuck in quicksand. They were going to die. And, and just, uh, I still have yet to encounter quicksand as an adult. <laughs> it hasn't happened. I feel like I've walked Does through. Does it a, exist? I've walked through a decent amount of woods and uh, been, been a decent amount of places, have never walked through quicksand, have never gotten stuck in quicksand. Hopefully, we'll never get stuck in quicksand. But that was a it was a big deal. If I fly through the Bermuda Triangle, we'll find out. Sinking sand, sinking sand. That's what it's called. But it's not called. It's not even called quicksand. Well, it is, but it's also known as sinking sand. I mean, just call it quicksand. <laughs> just call it quicksand. Uh, we've got. Uh, we're going to have Matt McGavick in here tomorrow. He's going to actually have to take off early too at five o'clock because we got the U of L baseball leadoff dinner. Uh, I'm excited about this Louisville baseball season. Reed. Matt's report, uh, his preview of the season over there at Louisville Report. Today we found out their TV schedule. It's going to go down this spring. They're going to play nine nationally televised contests across four different networks. We're talking ESPN2, ESPNU, ACC Network, and the SEC Network. Uh, Their home series against Virginia Tech and Clemson will be on the ACC Network as well as their road series against Wake Forest and Boston College. And, And then their games against Kentucky will be on the SEC Network. And Vandy will also be nationally televised, I think, on ESPN, too. So 54 of Louisville's 56 regular season games will be televised on an ESPN network with all of Louisville's non-nationally televised home games and road conference games airing on the ACC Network Extra. Should be a fun season. I stand by my belief, and could be wrong, but Louisville's getting no preseason top 25 love. I'm assuming they won't get a lot of love when the ACC media polls come out next month, but or I guess later this month. I think Louisville's going to overachieve. We haven't had Dan McDonald have two back-to-back really disappointing seasons since he's been here, which has been coming up on two decades. Uh, I think he filled a lot of the holes on his roster in the transfer portal, and I expect Louisville to be back in the postseason this year and making a run. I think that that's the expectation for the program. I think that's where we're going to get back to. I'm excited for baseball coming up here. we got the first, uh, first games coming up here in just a couple weeks. It'll be a nice little distraction. By the way, your lungs are too buoyant for you to sink in quicksand. 
Really? You, you can get stuck in quick quicksand. You can't you die? Can't, you cannot get sucked to the bottom and die. No. All of our childhoods were lies. Yep. The sooner we realize that, the sooner we can grow. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, 4 o'clock hours up next. We'll hear from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Continues next here on The Big X. On a hot summer night, he wrote Billy Bob Love Charlie. Here a lot. She just wants to hear the music and dance. K14 is her favorite song. If you play it, you might have a chance. You know what she's doing tonight, Scoots? Tonight she's, she's only, only sipping white wine. wine. She's friendly and fun loving most of the time. But don't ask her on a straight tequila night. She'll start thinking about him And she's ready to fight Blames her broken heart On every man inside On a straight tequila night Burner, burner, burner It's a Scoots Thursday, uh, Country Music Thursday On the Mike Rutherford Show 1450-961, The Big X Break out some John Anderson next time you go karaoke A little uh, Seminole win, too Not bad Yeah, not, not bad at all Not bad at all It's a good song It's a good song Three for three so far. Oh, it's going to be six for six. I can tell you that right now. I don't know. Every now and then I think you get a little cocky. And some of the last mm. ones, I'm like, yeah, I don't know this one. I, I mean. I've got a very small window to where my country prowess is. The next two are a little bit. If there are any sketchy ones, it's going to be the next two. But okay. I, I still think they'll hit. All right. That's fine. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Reiner Thornton's hooking up with the best deals all 2024 long. Like we can no longer say Happy New Year. It's February. We've moved on. We've moved past it. <laughs> But uh, it is the new year still, 2024. If you want to save money this uh, this year for this one of your New Year's resolutions, become a Refreshing Rewards Program member today. It'll save you money at the pump. It'll save you money inside if you're picking up a tasty treat from any one of this area's 91,653 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. Uh, let's do our Coach of the Day before we do Woo-hoo. Coach of Canada of the Day. Let's do this before we get to the, the text line. Uh, we do this every single day. We have not talked about coaching candidates uh, today. We've not talked about basketball today. It's been a lovely first hour, but we will do our coaching search candidate of the day. Scoots, give me a number between uh, 23 and 135. Oh, man, that's a big window. Um, How about, I feel like I remember this in discussion, 101. Let's go with 101. Okay, 101. Let's go, let's go with 101. Interesting. Okay. All right. We can talk about this. Local flair. He's got UK ties. Ooh, I don't like him already. He's, I, I've, I've actually had him on a radio show before. <laughs> but we have a, a relationship here. He's been the head coach of Moorhead State since 2017. He's done a good job there. Preston Spradlin would not hate taking a step forward into the big leagues. They're having a good year at Moorhead this year. 16-5 and five overall. 7-1 and one now. In their uh, in the Ohio Valley Conference, the OVC's down. They're one of the con- the few programs that stayed put in the OVC, and now they're kind of the class of the OVC. Could he potentially parlay a win or two in the NCAA tournament into the Louisville gig? I don't know, but all I know is as of right now, there's buzz that Preston Spradlin he's on the list. He's got interest. 
Josh Hurd has interest in him. Moorhead's just too small a city for him. He wants yeah, he's, he's ready for the big time. But he loves the state of Kentucky. He, he does, yeah. So, yeah, that's going on. Um, I, I, I do love that we have – we had Mark Few yesterday and Preston Spradlin today. <laughs> it's a diverse list. I'm also shocked that we haven't had a repeat yet. Cause we, you know, we're, Same, yeah. It's a, it's a limited window here. Um, so we'll keep doing that. The list continues to grow. I think we have what, like we have like 21 people on there now. So pretty big. Preston Spradlin on the list. Put them on there. Pick them up. Take some text. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Whatever's on your all's minds today. Ooh, a lot of text today. Texture says. Stephen Peak on X says Kansas has gotten six one seeds in the past eight years. Is that too much to ask? Why Bill Self since '09 when Cal is a character text. I'm realizing that now. It's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, Bill Self since 09, when Cal got hired, has been to two Final Fours. He's had 28 tournament wins and one title. Calipari since 09 has had been to three Final Fours, 32 tournament wins, and one title. I guess the point here is, is Bill Self overrated as a head coach? Cal, too. I think he's just saying Cal gets all this this crap for always having good teams but never not winning enough national titles Kansas can I mean Kansas their run of being a top two seed is outrageous uh, and they have produced a lot of top tier talent I, I think the the issue with with Calipari is more when you look at what these guys do in the pros and, and how many guys he's put into the NBA and you know they, they tout all the 58 first round draft picks or whatever it's been uh, some absurd number and then you say one NCAA tournament title but the the point is not lost here like Bill Self and Kansas they have they've had some flame outs for sure the the other thing, what somebody put the stat up, and I'm I don't have it in front of me, so I'm I'm trying to remember it. But talking about Calipari at UK home losses to unranked opponents, and from 2009 through 2018, they had four, four losses to unranked opponents at home, and since then, 2019 through right now, they've had 12. Whoa, down slow. Been saying it for a while. Well, I mean, I, I talked about it on Spears today. I just, I don't think that rough atmosphere is as scary as it used to be. Okay, I'm glad you said that because I th- there was somebody online, like a Louisville fan, and noted one of the guys who runs like one of those like Louisville sports accounts, and he was talking about how he has first Rupp Arena experience last night, and he was kind of underwhelmed. He was like, yeah. it was a, you know, it was very quiet. At it's times Florida. Last night, yeah. It's a big time game. I've been to, I guess, three games at Rupp now. In sort of three different areas. The first time I ever went was I was in college, and it was it was the year after Louisville went to the Final Four. This was 2005. It was the 0506 season, and Louisville was very highly ranked. They'd been to a Final Four the year before, but they'd played nobody up up until that point. I think we I think every Louisville fan was like, I don't know if we're that good. Like this could be rough. And we ended up going to the NIT, and UK housed us, and the place was nuts. Like it was it was like when I watched games at Rupp Arena as a kid rooting against Kentucky, it was a terrifying environment. It was very loud. The students were were, were going nuts. Like the lower bowl was always, everyone was always standing up. It was a terrifying place to think about playing a game. And the atmosphere the first time I went there was very much the same. I went a few years later for, I guess, a little bit after college to a non L game. And it was, it was still pretty good. It was, it was, this was the right before the end of the, uh, of the tubby era. And it was still pretty good. And then I went, the last time I, I went was the 2019 Louisville-Kentucky game in the ill-fated 2019-20 season where, I mean, like, Louisville was very highly ranked. Kentucky was very highly ranked. It was a great game. It went to overtime. UK won. And the environment was good, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't nearly what it was when I had been 15 years earlier. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, yeah, it was like, this is, 
it's okay. Like the, the lower bowl, it wasn't as nuts as, as I remembered it being. The student section was fine, but it wasn't just crazy. And this is like a this is a big time U of L UK game. So I don't know when I watch games on TV anymore. It's, it's not like a it's not what it was for sure. I think you can say that about a lot of places. I mean, they should have one of the biggest home court advantages as there is. You, yeah, and you they think just, so? They just don't anymore. I mean, you watch. You you can say well the people who've had lower bowl tickets are getting older and that's part of the reason why you should have the same issue at Fog Allen with Kansas and and every time you have a, a big time game in Allen Fieldhouse that place is insane it's a, it's just a complete zoo and they do have the according to odds makers they get the biggest home court advantage boost of any team in college basketball now maybe you can say that's the officiating but that it's also probably the environment too and UK just doesn't seem to like it's it's not a terrifying place to play anymore it's just not um. Texas Scoots was really going hard for some Harry Potter yesterday, defending the hell out of Quidditch. I wouldn't have taken him for a Harry Potter fan, uh, but then I remembered all the girls in the movie are in high school, and so it all made sense. <laughs> You're never going to live it down. <laughs> the Rebecca Black quote. Um, they were actually not in high school. Well, I guess when the first ones came out. Yeah. they younger than high school in the movie? And the first ones, yeah. I feel like in the in the seventh ones, they're, it doesn't matter. I'm not attracted to any of the Harry Potter characters. I mean, Emma Watson's attractive now. Uh, don't say that she was better looking in the first Harry Potter, please. <laughs> they may have been like 12 in that. Hermione took all our crap. Um, the the Harry Potter universe, I guess, was set. They 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 revealed like in 1995 or something. And I, I always see the joke where people were like, there's not one reference to how good the Chicago Bulls are in the whole series, which is just kind of <laughs> makes it bunk. Which I, I, I'm surprised that she like named a setting. I feel like it's one of those shows like where you just, you know, or series, books, whatever, where you just, you don't really need a year. To pin it down, it, it occurs in a magical world. Who cares? I don't. I don't remember the year while I was reading them. I don't think they ever said definitively, but I think she said in like an interview oh, okay. that it was it was set in the time where she started writing it, which was like nineteen ninety four or whatever. Texture says Memphis and UK losing at home to inferior opponents might be the greatest moment for U of L fans during the Kenny Payne era. It was a good night. It was the best basketball night we've had in a while. That lost by I don't know what to do with Memphis. Like they they lost to Rice at home last night, and Rice is terrible. Like that, that could tank that team's NCAA tournament hopes. And it's weird because they've got a really good non-conference resume. They, they, they their only losses in non-con play were against uh, Villanova and Ole Miss. Not terrible losses. They beat A and M. They beat Clemson. They beat Virginia. They beat um, Arkansas. They beat Michigan. Like they beat a, a lot of good teams, and then they start four and zero in the ACC. They've lost four games in a row now to really not great teams. USF, Tulane, UAB, and now Rice last night in a game where they were in control in the second half. Uh, Rice was 248 on Ken Palm going into last night, and they beat Memphis at home. The, you know, one of the, the non-rants that I went on when Kenny Payne was first being discussed as a potential hire here, I, I can't remember if it was on the radio show. I'm sure I did the same thing on both the radio show and the podcast. But I, I launched into... You know, forget about the the not being a head coach thing. Yeah, it's a big red flag, but the, I think there are two even bigger red flags. The first was Calipari assistants; just that they suck as head coaches. There's never been a good one. Josh Pastner has been the best. Everyone else has been atrocious, and even Pastner is, is, was not very good. The second was former players coming back to their 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 schools to be head coaches. It never goes well, and you know you, you could reel off a dozen examples. Isaiah Thomas was terrible. Patrick Ewing, terrible. Uh, Chris Mullen, terrible. We're seeing now, uh, you know, Jawan Howard at at that time was kind of the one outlier. It's not going well at Michigan anymore. Mm -mm. 
And then Penny Hardaway, you could say, well, it started terribly, but he's kind of got it back together. They were they were decent enough last year. They made the tournament. They probably should have beaten Florida Atlantic, and he had a good team going this year. It's that that's falling apart too now. Like Penny Hardaway at Memphis has not been what they thought it was going to be or what they hoped it was going to be. It just it doesn't work. At some point, you just have to stop doing it. So, but I, I did enjoy seeing both those teams lose last night. It was a nice little it was a nice little pick me up after a rough week sports wise. I still haven't gotten over the lines. Every time I see something about the Lions on Instagram or whatever, I'm just like, it breaks my heart a little bit. They're trying to rebuild. I'm just not ready yet. Hey, your coach is coming back. Yeah, we talked about Ben Johnson coming back, and it's I, big time. I have liked seeing that. But you know, there's like they're all trying to turn the page. You know, we've got like we're ready for next year now. We've got unfinished business, and I'm like, I just I can't, I can't do it yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to flip the page. Texas says, "What if they only have Super Bowl tickets to Lions and Ravens? It would have uh, been, it would be beautiful and deserved." I don't know what that means. What gave. If they only gave Super Bowl tickets to Lions and Ravens fans. Whatever. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Texas says, um, "Can't read that." Texas says, "Mike, haven't heard anything about the FSU lawsuit against the ACC in a while. Any updates on that or a reworked TV rights deal? I feel like SMU just begging to get in didn't help matters." I mean, there's, there's not going to be anything on the FSU lawsuit for a while. It, you know, court proceedings take a long time. I st- I mean, I, I don't think the FSU suit has a leg to stand on. Nobody's been able to get out of the grant of rights. It feels like a Hail Mary. I, like, I think they're stuck. Unless they can pony up the $120 million that it would take to, to leave on their own or they get the, the SEC or the Big Ten to help out, they're not going anywhere. That's just... If they could have, they would have already done it. They've been trying for like six years to find a loophole here. They haven't done it. They've hired a ton of attorneys, and now this feels like a that we're trying to let our fans know, we're trying to let recruits know that we're gonna do everything in our possible uh, that's possible to get out of this conference and make sure we're still one of the big boys. And it just kind of feels like a hail mary. And unless the ACC relents, which I don't think they're going to, it's probably gonna. I think they're stuck. I think I think everybody in the ACC is stuck. I think it's why you're seeing Josh Hurd and some other schools be like, we're you know, we're fine with the ACC. We're great. If the ACC does dissolve, I think you see Louisville go after the Big 12 pretty hard. That would be a normal landing spot. But it's going to take a win in court to probably make that happen. And I, there's nothing that I've seen. There's nothing that I've heard. There's nothing in the details that indicates that FSU is going to win that case. Uh, the rework TV rights deal, I haven't heard anything on that either. They've been saying it, talking about it for a while. But nothing new there. Texture says... Any rumors today about the next basketball coach for Louisville? I'm not sure if this topic has been broached. Hearing good things about Preston Spradlin. That's the latest I've heard. Same with me. A lot of buzz on that front here on this show. Texture says, um, on the flip side, Indiana only has single divisions for cross country and track, while Kentucky has multiple divisions. It feels special to definitively be the fastest person in the state. I didn't know that. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, suck it, Kentucky. I mean, my my nephew runs cross country for Trinity. I know they, they won the state title this year. Props to them. I didn't realize that there was a, it was a class thing, but there you go. I didn't. I, I guess I think when I was in school, it was just one state title. We used to go camp out for that cross country meet, um, and it was always a fun time. I'm trying to think back because I ran cross country, but I don't guess we ever got far enough to know. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think about like you know basketball obviously has only one state champion in both. Girls and boys. I know baseball only has one state champion. Softball only has one state champion. Um, I think wrestling only has one state champion. Like I, I honestly thought that every sport besides football had only one state champion in Kentucky, but I guess that's not the case. 
should just be one besides football. I get, I get, not I get the classes in football. I do think that Kentucky having six is a little overkill. I think they could do, they, they were doing fine with four, but whatever. Texter says, who's taking over for Scoots? This is Scoots' world. Scoots, yep. Scoots does whatever he wants to. If he wants to host shows, he's going to host shows. Like, this is basically, this is big Scoots radio. Young Trey Ryan will be in. Trey Ryan will be in at five. Trey from Cluckers. Trey Ryan from Cluckers will be in at five today. And then uh, we'll have Matt McGavick in for two hours tomorrow. And then I think I'll be solo during the five o'clock hour again. Texas says that anyone floated. Uh, <laughs> I do love the idea that Trevor's away because he's a contestant on a Bachelorette type show. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Do you remember when uh, remember when Tom Brady was missing from uh, training camp and everyone's like he's on the Mass Singer, <laughs> <laughs> like the, every celebrity on the Mass Singer is like he was the fourth lead on uh, Family Matters back in 1990. Like it, it's it's never anybody who's very famous and people were like, people were legit saying that Tom Brady had reworked his schedule and was 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 away from the team mysteriously because he was going on the Mass Singer, uh, which is hilarious. I don't know. I feel like they were famous people. They were just older people. Really, I, I I haven't seen enough to know. I, all I know is like one person guessed that the one one of the contestants or judges or I don't know. I've never seen it. Guessed that one of the mass singers was Beyonce, and everyone just made fun of them. They're like, no. I watched the first three or four seasons. It was pretty good, but it it lost its luster. T Pain won one season. T Pain won one season. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. See, T Pain's the kind of guy I would expect to be on that show. Hasn't done much in the last. Didn't 12, have to use his auto tune. Still won. On a boat. Texas says, my, my coaching search question is this. Why are so many outside of Beard and Musk Big 12 coaches? Because it's the best league. Is the league not invested in paying them? I mean, I think the Big 12 is the best league right now. It's the Big 12 or the SEC, if I'm being honest. I hate mm-hmm. saying that. But it's the, those are, are the two best basketball conferences right now. And the SEC, like, they did a really good job in terms of like hiring established big-name coaches at all these programs. You've got a lot of guys at those schools who had done a lot before they took jobs. Bruce Pearl, for all of his flaws, had done a ton before he took the Auburn job. You know, Chris Beard, same thing. Um, Eric Musselman was on a great run at Nevada before he took the the the, the job there. Um, I mean, what's his name? Rick Barnes been at Tennessee forever. Alabama got Nate Oates, who was a big time up and comer. Um, A and M, Buzz Williams, great run at, at Virginia Tech. So like they, Ben Howland had been you know, billion Final Fours at Mississippi State when they hired him. Chris Jans, who took over for him, had been to the NCAA tournament a billion times in Mexico State. So they did a good job at really investing in those programs, up, upgrading facilities, and getting big time head coaches. The Big Twelve has done a great job at just hiring coaches who were on the uptick from mid major programs, who, who still feels like they, they've got a decent amount of good years left in them. Um. I'm trying to, I mean, Jerome Tang, second year. Uh, Porter Moser coming over from Loyola, Chicago. TJ Otzelberger coming over from South Dakota State and UNLV. Now, you do have a, a healthy mix of guys that have been there, been around for a long time with, with Kelvin Sampson, Bill Self, Jamie Dixon at TCU, Scott Drew at Baylor. Um, but then, you, I mean, you know, Mark Pope at BYU, still a relatively young guy. I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Cunningham at uh, not, not Cunningham, Mike Boyton at, at Oklahoma State, guy who got Cade Cunningham. He's a <laughs> he's a young guy, not having a lot have, of success. They did have Cunningham on their coaching staff. They did. They had they had, they had his brother <laughs> on the coaching staff. Not, I don't know if he's still there, but he was no shot. He was hired for a reason. One year guy. I kind of want to know if he is on the staff. Anymore. There's no way. They they've had a bad. Like, 
he was a he was a guy that came up the last time we had a vacancy, and I, I really like Mike Boynton. I don't think he's done enough since then to probably justify being on a list right now. They're, they're not they're really bad this year. Um, I'm looking up the Oklahoma coaching staff right now. I don't think he's on there anymore. There is no Cunningham on the coaching staff. I'm telling you, that was a that was a one year deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, I think it's just uh, they're. They've done a good job with hiring. Texas is also, I said, uh, bef- Texas, I haven't watched much UK this year. How are they so bad defensively, especially healthy now? And was the Big Z game a fluky one? Yes. I haven't heard his name since that game. Also, I said it before the season started, Dillingham's the best player on that team. The Big Z, he, he barely played at all last night, didn't he? Six minutes. I don't think I even saw him. And you're right about the the Hugo versus Bradshaw thing. Like, he... The Hugo kid was the best player for Kentucky last night. He was, oh, yeah. He kind of kept them in a little bit. Aaron Bradshaw didn't play a whole lot. And when he was on the floor, Not didn't make a gigantic impact. So, um, I get it. I, Dillingham, I do think, is their most talented player. Like, he's, a guy, he's a guy that I think we look at 10 years down the line. And he's one of those Kentucky players where it's like, he was good at Kentucky. Why wasn't he better? Because he's lighting it up in the NBA. Yeah, he'll be, I've, I said it a couple weeks ago. He'll be Cal's next... Uh, Max player in the NBA. I think so too. I think he's. I can see DJ Wagner being good in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I can see Reed Shepard playing in the NBA for a long time. I can see some of their bigs playing in the NBA for a while. But neither of them are as explosive as Dillingham. No, Dillingham's the guy that you circle and you're like, he does stuff that that just normal people cannot do. And he's the guy that I think will have a lengthy, lengthy, big time superstar pro career out of that group. Maybe I'm wrong, but just that's kind of what I see. Fall City Fixer says, it makes me so happy to remember that while the Cards have an, had had an absolutely miserable last four years, Kentucky has won a grand total of one more NCAA tournament games than Louisville has in that time. <laughs> it's true. It's basically the same thing. It's, it's, it's down era for the sport, very clearly. Louisville's missed out on nothing. I mean, I do think that, that Kentucky wins a game in the tournament this year, but they can up that total to two, maybe three. Texas says Northwestern shot nearly 33s and didn't drive inside. That's why they didn't draw any foul scoots. Ooh. No. It's not why. I mean, that, that plays a part in the discrepancy, sure, but that's a 38 a thirty-eight free throw difference just doesn't happen. I hope we get a contingent of, of listeners who are Purdue fans now. Suck it, Purdue fans. <laughs> Purdue fans are – they have gotten like, like – every now and then we pop up on their radar and – I'll have a bunch of them tweet me over something. They are kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. I have a couple friends who are Purdue fans, but they're they're, they're outliers. They're just okay. They're just okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, no, no, I, I do like Collins getting tossed out after the game, though. It's like maybe maybe try to make that play in the actual game. Texas Mike, I'm the guy that texted yesterday about previewing St. John's versus UConn on Friday. I had to turn off the show before you got to text. Where did you land on that? We're not previewing the UConn St. John's game on Friday. We, we, we may talk about it briefly, but we're not going to spend. We're not going to act like that's the Louisville game of the weekend. We're just not. I'm sorry. Um, as much as I would like to avoid talking about Louisville versus Florida State, because I mean Louisville FSU never goes well for us anyway. And I know FSU is not that great this year, but they're certainly better than we are. And it, it's also a late night game. I'm like, come on, can you just? I, I've enjoyed selfishly playing noon Saturday games the last several <laughs> weeks, just getting it out of the way. Sure. You know. My daughter's got ballet in the morning, go to ballet, come back, watch the game, write up the story. Whole day in front of me, and, and I don't like having the – I think we play at 9 o'clock on Friday or Saturday, and I'm just like, come on. Why? Why do we have to do this? Just get this over with. Just get this over with is my new 
tagline for the entire season. Just just head down, plow ahead, get this thing done. Texture says, Todd Golden reminds me of the NCAA version of Josh McDaniels for some reason. I think you mean Mike McDaniels, yeah. Um, did you see he's no longer the youngest coach in the NFL? I did see that. After yeah. today. I mean, we got 36-year-olds getting head coaching jobs. That's I, I hate crazy. it. I, I don't like it at all. Um, it's... Mike McDonald is the, is the guy, right, who's the Cowboys defensive coordinator who now is taking over for um, in in Seattle. Did he get that job? Mike McDonald was at the Ravens, right? Ravens. He that's the that's Ravens, right. DC. That, you, yeah. That's right. He's And he's now the youngest. He's going to Seattle. Seattle. He's now the youngest head coach in the NFL at 36 years old, which I just don't don't care for. Not a big fan. I don't, I'm not ready for coaches to be younger than me. Well, doesn't matter if you're ready or not. It's here. I know. And, and the list of like a- active athletes that are – older than I am is just dwindling every <laughs> single year. I mean, I was hoping Roger Federer would play tennis forever because I would just be able to point to Federer and be like, I remember watching him when I was in college. Um, that, that was great. Uh, he, was a, he was a thing when I was in high school, and now he's, he's gone. Not a lot of 40-year-old athletes out there. And it's just uh, Joey Votto. Somebody sign him, please. <laughs> I, need, I need Votto playing Major League Baseball for a long time. We'll take more texts after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Hit us up at 502-414-1450 here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. thing about late 80s early 90s country music is the the way that they could create new euphemisms for sex it's like you know, it was always like moving slow in the night like they're talking about banging I get a little bit older i'm like yeah, i get it i mean i didn't even know the whole uh uh settle for a burger and a grape snow cone until yeah, we the, learned that a few weeks ago yeah I'm, I'm i'm just a little bit jarred by it to be honest I'm like what other things <laughs> from seemingly wholesome <laughs> country music songs were just euphemisms for something really really gross not really gross, but you know what I'm saying. It was, As a kid, it was gross. It was eye-opening, for sure. For sure. Uh, we got Justin Kalen in the house here on the Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. 
1450 won the Big X. Uh, another reminder again, Louisville taking on Syracuse tonight in women's basketball. Make it out to the KFC Home Center if you can. Great basketball going down. It should be a fantastic matchup. The cards and the Qs both ranked in the top 25, both near the top of the ACC standings. If you can't make it out to the Home Center tonight, you can listen on 970 WGTK, your new home for Cardinal Athletics. You can watch streaming on Watch ESPN slash the ACC Network Extra. Uh, Scoots, have you? I, I'm now in the position we've. Mary and I have caught up on our shows. Nice. She's she's a big fan of the Crown. She's watched all the the, the seasons. The new one season came out a few months ago, and she hasn't had a chance to watch it. So she's kind of like she's fixated on that. Now that she, when we have a little bit of like two hours of our own time after the kids go down, and I kind of feel like I need a show now. I don't have anything to fall back on. I, I need. I know I asked for recommendations like a year ago. But like people said, the boys. I started that. I've never gotten into it. Uh, succession. I, I think I'm going to give a second chance at some point. But I need like a. I want more of like a feel good show. I don't, I don't want to have to think too much. I got the perfect suggestion for you. Okay. Start Grey's Anatomy. I'm not going to start Grey's Anatomy. I, I mean, I don't blame you for not doing it. I'm not doing great. I'm, I'm not doing. It. So I've told you that Gil's watching Grey's Anatomy, right? He's doing the whole rewatch of it. Uh, I think you said that. Okay. Before, yeah, a couple days ago. So he he's flipping through it last night. And he's on season six. I'm like, man, you're only on season six? I- I'm sitting here thinking he's almost done, right? And I'm like, man, uh, didn't you tell me there was like 11 seasons? And there's 24 episodes in each season. And he scrolls down. There are 19 seasons yeah. of Grey's Anatomy. I, 24 episodes nearly in every season. I've told this, What? I, I've told the story before because the show was really popular. It started when I was in college. And it's been a while now <laughs> since I was in college. And I, I've told the story before. I went to to Dayton for my, my first couple of years of college, which was very fun party school. I think I probably partied too much, which was part of the, the issue. And I came back and I went to Bellarmine. And I, I I knew a couple of people that were going to U of L and going to Bellarmine, but you know most of my friends were still going to school out of state. But my best friend who was going to Bellarmine, I'm like, all right, you need to integrate me into the party scene here. Like, like I, want, I need to meet some people and all this stuff. And so one of the first weeks that I was going there. It was like a Thursday night, and he's like, we, he's like "We're, we're going to watch Grey's Anatomy at, at the the dorm. There's some girls are going to be there. It's it's laid back. It'll be fun." So you know, I'm I'm coming out, I'm like jeans buttoned up. I bring like a case of beer over. I'm ready to go. Like like this should be fun. I walk in. Everybody's wearing scrubs to watch the show. Like they're all <laughs> they're all wearing scrubs. <laughs> Nobody else is drinking. No, I'm like I've made a huge mistake. I'm like this is my first impression with a lot of these people. This is a disaster scenario. And I watched the show, and I'm like, this show sucks. I was not a fan at all. Did you drink? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I sat in the back on the floor and just drank by myself. <laughs> it was horrible. But uh, that, that was my my first and really, I think, only experience with Grey's Anatomy. I think I, one, one time I watched the one where there was like a, a shooter, active shooter, in the hospital. And it was very it was very traumatizing. It is traumatizing from time to time. I don't know if I want to watch it. There was a big story that came out this week about how, like, Gen Z and younger millennials, they're not watching new shows on TV. You know, I think you and I actually had a conversation we last did, week yeah. about The Office and, and how it had the second life when it made its way to Netflix and it was the most streamed show of all time and, and, and all this stuff. And this year, the most streamed show and actually broke The Office's record is Suits on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like an old show that had a there bunch of seasons. You need to watch that. But, but like... Their whole rationale, the whole rationale that younger people have is they don't want to get invested in these new shows that might get canceled after one or, or two seasons. So they're watching this kind of like mindless, um, you, you know, shows that have all these different seasons. You can put on as like a, a comfort show at the end of a long day 
and just kind of roll through it over the course of a few months. But I don't know. Like, I don't really. I I experienced the network TV era. I'm ready for like the the golden age of television, the 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 grittier shows, the the different shows that are on the streaming services. I want something else. I want something newer. I don't want to watch Suits. I don't want to watch Blue Bloods. I don't want to watch NCIS. I don't want to watch Grey's Anatomy. At least you haven't turned to Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy yet. Oh, we watched Jeopardy. We, before <laughs> before we had kids, we watched Jeopardy like every night when we we competed <laughs> when we had dinner. We rarely get, and now we try to watch it every now and then. We'll turn it on and like we're like trying to like hear the questions and the kids are like. I want that. Like, it's just like scream. We're like, oh my god, it's it's impossible. You can't watch anything when all the kids are awake. But I need to show. Hit me up five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Scoots' suggestion was terrible. Um, and what are you watching now, Scoots? You just not have time to watch shows. I, yeah, I don't really watch shows. Besides Survivor. Besides Survivor, yeah. I finished Love on the Spectrum, so yeah, I'm I'm fresh out. I've heard good things about that. Since you you referenced that, I have heard multiple people just say that it was it's a, great. It's a very sweet show. So heartwarming. Yeah. All right, back to the Thornton sex line. Texter says, thank you, Scoots Hater, for giving me my new phrase when Scoots hits a rough shot or misses a putt on the green. Suck at Scoots. I'm assuming that's somebody who actually knows you. Mm, let me look at the number here. Yep. That's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Suck at Scoots. <laughs> Your brother's a lot cooler than you are. He is, yeah. Texter says, uh, LMAO, we're going to get a Deion Sanders versus Scott Satterfield game this year. Are we? Is Colorado playing Cincinnati? That's me. Actually, hilarious if that's true. Let's see. I mean, imagine that handshake. <laughs> Colorado. They announced their their football schedule. They will play. Uh, yep, Cincinnati. It's family weekend too in Boulder, October twenty sixth. Nice. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. What would those two talk about? <laughs> All shucks. Texter says uh, justice looks like how Papa thinks he looks. That's a good. That's a good yeah. Text. That's accurate. I mean, Elijah Justice, back in the day, we did once vote him the hottest male athlete in the entire world at Card Chronicle. We found this contest uh, on this website with a title that I cannot say on radio anymore. And they, they, I don't know, it was like one of those, like, I find a lot of stories for for news notes posts, just Google news search, search Louisville Cardinals and see what pops up. And I happened to find this one. I don't know how it popped up on my radar, but they were having a contest for like the hottest male athlete. I'm like, we, we have to, Bull has to win. And so we, I think he beat Cristiano Ronaldo in the finals. We made him the hottest male athlete in the entire world. So since Trey's been in here all week, I haven't been able to see the text line. Uh-huh. A picture of Kenny and the chicken. Good grief. Yeah. <laughs> you on. people are wild. The text line's wild. The Photoshop skills are unmatched <laughs> in local radio. There's no question. But the thing is we can't, you know, this is where we need – to be an interactive show, you can stream it. We could like click on the picture; it could pop up. Yeah. Although I feel like that's dangerous. We we, we would get like off the air in a week if we had those <laughs> those abilities for sure. Texture says that uh, the Bermuda Triangle is not in the Pacific Ocean. I had to say this, but please read the previous text too. Uh, so that I speaking of random college roommates, I went to Ballard, suck at Trinity, and went to Bellarmine my freshman year, suck at Bellarmine, but got paired up with someone that I didn't know. We were cool, just wanted to get those comments out there. Veronese is better than Valare. Scoots and Gill need to start Frazier so I can get Scoots' thoughts on the radio side of the show. <laughs> I think Veronese is better than Valare. Veronese is great. Never had either. Both very good. And I'm not doing Frazier. You should watch Frazier. I did Seinfeld. Seinfeld's great. Yeah. Frazier's great, too. Texture says, Terry Miners already debunked it. Not her plane. How did Terry Miners? How does Terry Miners know? <laughs> what did Terry do? He knows everything. 
Clearly. I had no idea. Texas, I personally prefer the theory that Earhart was using her flight as the as cover for the United States to spy on Japanese expansion in the Pacific and that she was captured by the Japanese and held as a spy. I've seen that picture. There's a picture of her like sitting on a dock uh, surrounded by, I think, some Japanese people, and there's this big conspiracy theory that she was held as like a prisoner. Hmm. Yeah. Hadn't heard that one. Yeah. Texas says, uh, I'm sure I missed this. Uh, I can't read that. Yeah. Texas, I know you can't say. God, there we go again. <laughs> People, I cannot talk about this. Texas, Morgantown is hands down one of the most terrifying basketball environments I've ever been in. What's the scariest environment you've ever been in, Scoots? Whether it's like high school basketball, whatever. Just in an environment where you're like, damn, this is pretty wild. Where I feel like feared for my life? Well, maybe, but like just also where it was just like a, a hostile sports environment. You're like, damn, this is this is pretty crazy. I went to, I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but I went to, I had some friends or a, a friend that went to Purdue and I went up to visit her one time and I was pretty sketched out the whole time I was up there. And I, uh, I, I ended up staying with her one night and came out. I drove a Mustang at the time and I had an mm. in, Indiana license plate on the front, came out to my car the next morning and there was a freaking big old burrito like you get from Moe's just <laughs> splattered all over the front of my car. Just made you hate Purdue that so much I, more. I didn't really feel safe at that point. Uh, in terms of like sports environments, I'll say the Kentucky one that I mentioned earlier when I was in college was pretty bad. But the with, without question, the craziest environment I've ever been in was the Clemson 2016 Lamar versus Sean Watson game. Like it was, it was so like the the beginning of that game. I mean, they're just going so nuts. It was loud when I was there in 2014. This was just that times like five, and we get a false start penalty in the first play. And it, of course, it just makes the crowd into a, like a complete frenzy. And Mary like looks. She's like, I'm so. She's like, she's like, I'm terrified for Lamar. I'm like, he can handle it. He's fine. Like he'll be okay. But it was like the whole place. We're sitting at like the, the very top row. The whole place feels like it's like on topple at one point. Like that was. It's crazy enough that it was. It's still actively referenced by Clemson fans as the wildest home environment they've ever had. Which you know they pride themselves on being one of the rowdiest environments in college football. And whenever I see them debating like what's the, the craziest game we've ever had, they all bring up the 2016 Louisville game. I don't think I'll ever be in a, a more hostile environment than that. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything similar to that in terms of sports world, but I was at a Colts game once, Colts-Steelers game, and I remember I wore a Ben Roethlisberger jersey at the time, and I had this guy about four or five rows behind me yelling at me the whole game, you're a rapist! You're like, <laughs> Finally, at the end of the game, I had to turn around. I'm like, look, my I don't know what my quarterback did or didn't do, but I'm not that, so can you just stop with all this? NFL animals Yelled are, me the whole game. NFL is just a different level. Like it's it's just it's it's pure, like it's just a jungle. Anytime you go into to a single NFL game, it's these people are insane, and, and like this is what they do. Like they live for the Sunday. It, it very much is like a purge situation where it feels like they, they they're normal people for the other six days of the week, and they just build up all of their negative yeah. energy and just put it into that one six hour period where they get to be animals on Sundays. For sure, it's crazy. Texas says the U of L team that was most impacted by COVID was our baseball team. We had the best championship rotation in the country for sure. Then had a loaded stacked lineup that had numerous MLB guys on the bench An Omaha bound team turned into a very unexperienced team overnight. Not to mention the athletic department had extra money. So they were going to build the indoor facilities and then COVID happens. Now, not only is there no extra money, COVID caused a major loss. So you are in desperate need for money. No question. I mean, we talk all the time on this show about, how different the Chris Mack era could have been if 2020 
that team had been able to play their postseason. But there's no team that got screwed more than that that U of L baseball team. It's easy to say this. Like there are a million teams in in all the sports that had their postseasons canceled that say, you know, we we could have been great. We could have been the one. That was the Louisville baseball team that you circled, and you're like, damn, like that that felt like the one to make the run because you had Reed Detmers, who was the best pitcher in the country at that time. You had Bobby Miller, who is, I mean, he's he's pitching for the Dodgers for God's sake. Like those two guys are are ready to be MLB pitchers for a long time and really good ones. And, and then you had um, Luke Smith, who was really good for us that year. Um, famously had the the Vanderbilt <laughs> FU um, on camera, but he was really good. Like we, we had the best weekend rotation that we've ever had, and the lineup was stacked, the bullpen was stacked. Like they just, they checked every box, and to have that season canceled just basically a month into it was, I'm sure, a bitter pill swallow for all of them, because you knew you weren't gonna like. In other sports, you thought that you had a chance to get guys back. You knew this was it for Reed Detmers. Like, he was going to be a, in a very early draft pick. He was mm-hmm. going to go. You knew Bobby Miller was going to go. Some of the other guys were like, like that. This was their last, last rodeo. And so to not even have a shot to see how good they could have been as a team is, uh, it'll, I think, I think it'll always be kind of the biggest what if for the Dan McDonald era, which sucks. And you're right. Like, McDonald had promised things by the administration when there was money for it. And then, you know, you're not putting money into non-revenue sports anymore with the the lack of funds. Uh, hopefully they can get that done because they do need the upgrades pretty badly. Texture says 502-414-1450. Nothing is more on brand for Mike White than Georgia blowing a 16-point lead at home just to lose by nine to Bama. <laughs> that does seem to be kind of his thing. Did it at Florida a ton. Was a weird hire at Georgia. To his credit, he's turned them into a – they're a bubble team. Not a laughing stock anymore. Not a laughing stock. They've been better than a lot of people thought they were going to be this year, but cannot seem to ever get the job done in those types of games. Scoots, you're, I feel like you're just – how happy are you to be out of here in like 10 minutes? I'm pumped. I can tell. Although, I mean, I got more work to do, so. What do you mean? I got my game tonight. Who's playing? Yeah, we, we didn't even get to that. Uh, North Harrison, Charlestown. It's not going to be a good game. Classic rivalry, though. Mm, no. They're not all really. rivals. They're all rivals. <laughs> Every time you say no, an Indiana game, they're all right. It's a, it's a big time rivalry. Yeah, no, I mean, I I am happy to be done here and get out of this building, but fact of the matter is, I won't be home till after ten o'clock tonight. So well, that sucks. Just a, another five hours. Where can the people, we got it? Where can the people listen to you tonight if they want to hear Scoots calling high school basketball? Uh, you can go to one zero two seven wocc dot com. One zero two seven wocc dot com. What are the weekend plans for you? Uh, that's a great question. I'm done tomorrow at noon, so. I don't know. I'm gonna need to find a watch TV or find a TV show to watch. I guess tomorrow and then Saturday. I'm I don't have any plans Saturday either. Just work on Sunday. Might might go golfing. Ooh, that's it's an option. Actually. Saturday's the weather's not gonna be terrible. No, just throwing it out there. Okay, yeah, that that may be part of the plans then. High of 54 good on idea. Saturday. High good 57 idea. on Sunday. I can do that. No weather coming. The the 10 day forecast does have me excited. It's gonna get a little bit cooler. Um, towards the middle of the month, it looks like. Well, who knows? I mean, it's 10 day forecast. But mm-hmm. next week. We have a, uh, a next Thursday high of sixty one, low of fifty three. Give my brother a chance to use the suck at scoots line. It feels it, I'm ready for it. The sun, I'm already. I'm, I'm just. I'm, I feel better now that the sun's yeah. out. We starting in February on a high note. It also was one of those deals where I think you kind of start to wonder, like, is this? Is it in my head? Like, I feel like we haven't seen the sun in a long time. And then it, somebody put the stat out there that it was like the least amount of sun that we've had ever over a three week stretch ever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, it's not just. It's not just us imagining things i think the entirety of january was the cloudiest january we've ever had we need to i feel pretty strongly about this 
we need to do something in places like Louisville and other places in the country that deal with similar issues. We need to do something to make January more tolerable. Mm-hmm. Any ideas? Here's one. I feel like it's a little bit better when you have the like the Christmas lights are, are up at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. Like, I go home. It's pitch black when we leave here at 6. Yep. I go home. I usually walk the dog when I get home. And around December, like... I enjoy seeing the different lights. It's everything's kind of lit up. It's, a, it's a, even when it's cold and kind of gross. It's a, it's a festive feel. You, it makes the walks more enjoyable. In the first couple of weeks of uh, of January, there are usually a decent amount of houses that still have their lights up. I think we need like January lights. You don't need to have like Christmas, but like something to make it more just bright out there. Something to make it more happy. It's so dark and dreary. And once the holidays are over around here, it's cold and there's just you know we used to have basketball to pick us up. We don't have that anymore. We need something. Because this, the thirty-one days feel like, God. I mean, this last month felt like it was two and a half months. See that? I mean, that's that's coming from a U of L fan though, because that that last thirty-one month or days for me flew so fast. I mean, it's not like you guys are having a great year. Yeah, but I mean, it's not. Yeah, I don't know. Besides that, though, like if you just take like your sports fandom out of the equation, I think we need something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't know if lights is the answer, though. Extra day off work? I don't know. Two days off work. Give us something. <laughs> Give the people something. I feel even worse for the people that are, are more on the eastern part of the, the the country where it gets dark at like 4.30 around this time. Yeah, but they get it gets light earlier. It does, but it's still just dark. There's just nothing. I mean, it's, 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 there's nothing good. By the way, I think our sunsets from here on out are after 6 p.m. Can't wait. So that's cool. So excited for that. I mean, illness everywhere now. Just it's, 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 I know like 16 people that have COVID. It's just it's terrible. It's awful. Give us something. Give us a throw us a bone. <laughs> Texture says plot twist. The archaeological boat looking for Amelia Earhart's lost plane goes missing in the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh. Could happen. Could happen. Texture says, uh, Mike, your point about alums returning to coach is well taken, but did you forget Hubert Davis and Kevin Ollie? Shire hasn't sucked yet. He hasn't been great. For Scoots, did you know KY and Delaware are the only two states with classless basketball champions? I do now. The only two manly states in this country anymore. <laughs> only two states that do it right. I'm not sure I would point to Kevin Ollie as a shining example. He had a, a fluky national title run. Hubert Davis, early on, you, you I think the you, you had a his first year wasn't great until they made a run as an eight seed to the national title game. His second year was they became the first team ever to be preseason number one and not make the tournament. And then this year they're, they're good. Um, still a little early. Shire, I mean, they're preseason number two. They're they're what number like sixteen now. They're they're not. He's not exactly crushing it, but he's still may. It's still early for both those guys. We'll see. Kevin Ollie's a weird one. Like I think he has the weirdest coaching background story. Because when he was, I was gonna say good, but they weren't even good. They were a bad seven seed, and they just got hot at the right time, won a national title, and every other year besides that, he was terrible. And they got fired and sued the school. Texas, have you seen the Arkansas? Yeah, the Arkansas stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I, I've got no idea if that's true. I, I know it's spread like wildfire. They've had you know, Devo Davis mysteriously left the team last weekend. They've had guys sitting out. Um, I mean, there's a rumor that there's a love triangle going on and w- within that team. I, I don't know if it's true at all. Uh, who knows? I will say, like. For everyone who's sitting there being like, oh, Arkansas, what a, what a catastrophe. If you're listening to this right now and you're a, well, I know for a fact, if you're a UK or a UofL fan, there's been a player on one of your favorite teams over the last uh, 10 years who's been gay. 
And odds are, yeah. I, 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 on the on both those teams, I can tell you for a fact. The the cool thing that that I've loved about because there was I won't, won't get into specifics, but like one of the more famous U of L teams over the last 15, 20 years, somebody on it was was gay and like yeah, kind of heard about it. And when you talk to all the players, like they all knew it, and still it, it never really got out. Like they all knew it, they all were fine with it. Like if you brought it up, they're like, oh yeah, like, yeah, we were very well aware. And it was cool. Like I think it gets made of a bigger deal by the public than it didn't, like on the inside. Like nobody cared. Mm-hmm. It was just it was a teammate. It was something that was going on there. But yeah, if you're if you're sitting there being like, oh, what a weird situation down there in Arkansas. It's not as rare as you think. Like there have been there have been multiple stories in college basketball over the last ten years that have surrounded this exact same thing, whether or not it's true. But it's uh whatever's going on down there. Eric Musselman, I think, is dealing with some some stuff. There's a reason why he's trying to get his name out there. <laughs> Texter says, why is, saying on the podcast, there's a solid chance of year three and that a Carter Knox commitment would guarantee it. I, I don't think that's true. I don't I, I don't think that Josh Hurd has gone to, and I like these people, but, I, but the people that are saying this, but I, I don't, there's a 0% chance that Josh Hurd has gone to, to Kenny Payne and been like, hey, if you get this 18-year-old kid to commit, you're automatically getting a year three. It's, it's just not, no. It's not true. Texture says, uh, on top of Brownlee getting day two NFL draft buzz, I just read where Thrash is working himself into that conversation too. Yeah, we talked about Jeremiah Thrash. He, he struggled apparently the first day or so with drops, which was, again, something that you could probably point to and say it's his hand injury. God, the, the, <laughs> the parking lot. They're going at it again. How does parents in schools? Uh, but apparently he had a much, much better day yesterday and has done well today. Route running is elite, which we knew firsthand here. And I think if Jamari just performs well enough this week to do his reputation justice, I think he'll crush it if he gets on a roster. Or maybe a little bit later if he performs at the Combine for Pro Day, that hand's a little bit more healed up and he's you know he's back to being at full strength in terms of catching. I think the drops will... Will help themselves because the beginning of this season we he wasn't dropping anything like the the dude it's like he had sticky glue on his hands like he was just if it was in his general area he was going to catch it and then he has surgery and it's understandable why that changes a little bit I think he's still trying to figure out how to catch passes with that with basically one hand right now but would love to see him get a uh, get a shot I'm I'm very curious to see what happens with Jawar Jordan his speed and explosiveness would I, I think warrant hearing his name called at some point especially in this day and age with the way that offenses are changing and how many how many franchises are willing to give rookie running backs a shot. Um, Jawars could be a game changer. Would love to see him get that get that opportunity. I mean, but very good to see Brownlee and, and Thrash turning some heads early on. Texture says, uh, talking about head coaching hires makes you feel old, Mike. The average hiring age of head coaches who have who are have won two-plus NCAA titles at their winning title-winning programs is 37 years old. Shout out to young 30-year-old Dean Smith at UNC, 31-year-old Bobby Knight at Indiana, and 31-year-old Billy Donovan at Florida. Was Billy D 31 when he won that first title? Jeez. Jeez. It's not so much the case anymore, though, which makes me feel better. But, yeah, it's wild to think of uh, of Bobby Knight being 31 when he won his first title at IU. It's wild, it's wild to think about those people getting the jobs in like their late 20s because that just would not happen in this day and age. I'll take a break. Scoots, thank you so much for your time. Of course. Appreciate the hard work all week, as always, the extra man hours you're putting in here. We'll see Scoots back here, I believe, on Monday. 
Uh, we'll have Trey Ryan in here in the house. we got one hour left. We'll talk about a variety of topics. We'll hear from you guys. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on 1450 and 96.1. Big X. You and me going fishing in the dark. Five. You can go with it. Welcome to the 5 o'clock hour here the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy February to you. We finally flipped the page from January. We're very excited. Immediately after turning the calendar, we get sunlight here in Louisville for the first time in like four weeks. It's, it's good. We're feeling good. We got one hour left here on the show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We got Trey Ryan from Cluckers filling in here in the production room for Scoots. Trey, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Thanks for spending some time with us. Yes, yeah, sir. No problem. I don't know if you heard us talking about this before you came in. So you are... What you you are technically Gen Z, is that correct? Um, I believe so. Yeah, I don't even know what the. the, the I the, honestly can't keep you, up yeah, either. You, I, don't you know. Know. Well, I found out I was a millennial like seven years after millennial became a thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you, but you are on the younger side. You're a freshman in college. Correct. We were talking about apparently Gen Z kids. They're not watching the same type of TV that that the other generations are. They're big on shows that are. In syndication, they went off the air a, a while ago, kind of feel-good comfort shows. They're watching a lot of Suits, watching a lot of... What, what are you and, and mm-hmm. your friends watching right now? Um, to be honest, I, I, I'm in. I'm watching The Sopranos right now, so... Okay, so kind of goes along the kind of goes line. to your point, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that is kind of true. Um, for me, it's The Sopranos. I, I would, My favorite show ever is probably Breaking Bad. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. kind of. I mean, it kind of goes to your point a little bit, yeah. So... Sopranos for sure. That it's honestly incredible. I love that show. I've had friends put the pressure on me. Like I've, I've got friends that just you know, they watched The Sopranos when it first came out, or some of them watched it ten years after it, it started. And I know it was the twenty fifth anniversary of the first episode. And I've been getting the full court press from friends to finally watch the show. I've been I've put it off forever and ever. My whole big thing is like I everyone kind of knows the ending, or at least knows that the ending was not fulfilling to some people. Right, or what, what, right. that, that's kind of all I know about the show. So I don't know if I want to start, but like. At some point, I'm gonna have to watch. This may be the move for me right now. Yeah, honestly, if I could, if if this is gonna sway you at all, you you really should watch it. It's actually really good. Um, and I haven't finished it yet, so I can't say anything about the ending. But I, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's so far, it's a really good show. The it's Trey just, Ryan vote of confidence. Yeah, there, there it you is. Go. That may push me over the edge. I may have to watch. Somebody yeah. DM me during the break and said Louder Milk is a great show. I've never heard of it. I I've never heard of that either. I have no idea what that is. That's the thing is, there are so many streaming services. There are so many good shows out there that I, I've just like never heard. Like you you could. You could text into the text line a totally fake show and be like, uh, the, uh, the Goat Punchers, season three is fantastic. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, Goat Punchers. Goat Punchers, there that, it is. That sounds like it could be good. I don't <laughs> know. Like a quirky drama maybe set in Canada. <laughs> I've got no idea. But, uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, – I'm taking all requests now. I need a new show to watch. We've finished uh, our, our two shows together. My wife is now back to watching the last season of The Crown. So I need something to watch. Mm. And have you ever watched Yellowstone? I tried. You didn't. You weren't a fan. I was not a big fan. Now I did have friends that were like me and kind of tried, and then and then just kind of pushed through, and they liked it more as it went on. Mm-hmm. My Mary actually watched it when she was on maternity leave with John. She watched the whole thing, 
And she was like, she's like, I liked it. She's like, I'm not sure you would like it. So. Yeah, I, I was kind of the same way. I, I started it, and I just never could get through it. It was just kind of got, like, somewhat repetitive and just kind of boring. I just never. It seemed like a lot of Kevin Costner's, like, staring out into yeah, the horizon. Yeah, it was kind of just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just got my, so my cameo, they gave the updated Valentine's Day leaderboard. And I don't, I, I don't know who any of the celebrities are. This is the whole segment. is just like, this is the I'm old hour of the show. Right. I don't know any of the people besides one on the top ten list of the leaderboard for doing cameos. Chris Hansen of the, the To Catch a Predator is number two, which is hilarious. Yeah. But the the first guy is, do you know who Steve Mazzari is? No, I don't know who that is. No clue. No clue. No, didn't even ring a bell. He's uh, number one on cameo today on the leaderboard. Uh, Shoe Nice is, is a... Oh, no way. I love Shoe Nice. <laughs> I don't, is that a YouTube person? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so Shoe Nice is this guy. He does TikTok, and he... Um, or he does YouTube, too, but he just... Like, his most famous video was him in a library, and he just chugged a, like, whole fifth of Fireball, and he does this, like, thing before he does it, and he's just like, either way, Shoe Nice, and he just chugs, like, a whole bottle of, like, whatever it is. Whatever it is. <laughs> So me and my friends used to actually like say that like either way like and so I actually know who that is he's funny he's third on cameo yeah that doesn't surprise me dude because I bet a lot of dude people like me just like pay him to do whatever it is and like send a video of him saying like his little thing so he's funny I there actually yeah brilliantly dumb is number four and time downy is number five I don't know any of those people that's I think it was when your brother started coming in here to do stuff like last year when you guys were both at, at Manual mm-hmm. he was showing me like the the cameos that like Trinity and Saint X and manual right. and male yeah, people yeah, were sending. Yeah. And I, he's like, he's like, yeah. Then they got one from like, you know, double D. And I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. What they're doing. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's throwing out his signature catchphrases. I was like, I don't know any of this is what's going no, on. Yeah. Most it, of the people are like borderline irrelevant. It's just kind of funny that like, cause I mean, cause nobody's really going to pay for like a crazy cameo. Cause some of them are expensive. So you just yeah. kind of have to find someone that's like somewhat relevant that you can just like pay to do a little cameo. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a different world out there. And it's okay. It's, it's fine. Uh, we got an hour here. If you want to get your thoughts heard on the radio, make it be known at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. wanted to talk quickly uh, about, we have not gotten into, we talked about the the former UofL players who are showing out this week as they get ready for the NFL draft at the Senior Bowl and, and doing well in practice. Jarvis Brownlee, chief among them. But the as far as the current staff and the, and the current players and the current everything going on with UofL football, Jeff Brom spent yesterday, along with a couple of coaches on his staff, in South Florida. They did meet Uncle Luke, which, first of all, do you know who Uncle Luke is? Jordan? I'm not familiar with Uncle Luke. I'm sorry. Well, that's, that's fine. That's, that's, it's a little bit before my time, but he is a, he's a rapper. Okay. Um, he, he was in two live crew back in the day. But very influential person in South Florida, big Miami fan, but does he plays a large role in, when it comes to recruiting in the, the, the Miami area, the South mm-hmm. Florida area, when it comes to high school football. And, and Jeff Brom, forming that relationship with there Uncle Luke is, is a big deal. But they went down there, according to uh, Ty Spalding over there at Rivals. They they went to I think five different schools yesterday. They they visited a number of big recruits. A couple of the, ga- the names of the guys that you want to circle and say these are players that we're talking to now. Nashawn Montgomery is a four star wide receiver from Miami Central, the number fifty two overall player in the class of twenty twenty five. He got a visit from Louisville yesterday. Byron Lewis, who's a four star running back. From American Heritage in Plantation, Florida. He's the number 114 overall player in that class, according to Rivals. Chris Ewald Jr., cornerback from Shamanad Madonna. He's the number 24 overall player in that class. 
And then Kobe Howard, a wide receiver from Shaman Madonna as well, who's the number 129 player in that class. These are all four-star prospects. Rivals is the thing where they only – there's like a million players to rank, but they only give like 20 players a five-star ranking, which is right. kind of crazy. Yeah. But uh, 247 Sports, a little bit more liberal with the the designations. They, they also visited a couple of other players from Miami Central. They visited Carl Jenkins from St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, ben Hanks from Booker T. Washington in Overtown, Florida. These are – all these guys that we're talking about are like top 200, top 300 players in the class of 2025. Brom squad getting it done, making sure that they're keeping that Florida pipeline intact. Uh, very, very good to see. But yeah, Jeff Brom, man, he was down there with, I think the other coaches, Garrick McGee, I know was there, Ron English, I know was there, and uh, Chris Barclay, the running back coach, was mm-hmm. there trying to get some talent for the 2025 class. I do think that, because TK and I were kind of talking, and I think Scoots and I had the same conversation as well, as far as Jeff Brom's philosophy when it comes to building a roster, he's been very transfer portal heavy the first couple of years. I, I think not just by necessity or out of necessity, but by design. They went very light in this year's recruiting class. They only signed, uh, I think, what, 15 players at the end of the day. The transfer portal is going to make up a solid chunk of their starting 22 this this coming season. They lost 11 starters from last year's team. The Courier General did a good feature today about how they're going to replace those guys, and it looks like 10 of those replacements are going to be guys from the portal. And I think that Jeff looked at the current landscape of college football when he got this job and said, this is the best way to make us relevant and competitive immediately. And so far, so good. Louisville wins 10 games in year one. They go play for a conference championship. I know the season didn't end the way that we wanted it to, but I mean, we've only won 10 games, what, eight times in program history? Like, he, Good start, for sure. The makeup of his second roster is going to be pretty much the same. They lost a lot of guys in the portal. They upgraded at a, a ton of spots through the portal. And there aren't a lot of true freshmen coming in next season that are probably going to make any impact whatsoever on the team. And so I kind of looked at this and I was like, I think this is the what, what, he, what he's going to do moving forward. I think he's going to have a handful of uh, four-star, three-star recruits that he feels like are good fits for the program, good fits for the culture and the system, that are coming here for the right reasons, that he thinks can develop enough to be key contributors for us by the time that they're redshirt sophomores or juniors or some of them redshirt freshmen. But he's going to keep going after the best players in the portal, and by and large, those are going to be your starters for the upcoming season. I do think that he wants the, the, the balance to be a little bit more even. Moving forward, I think we're going to end up with like 30-plus players out of the portal this year and just 14, 15 incoming freshmen. I think he wants the classes moving forward to be closer to the traditional 25-player classes, and I think you're seeing the way that they're recruiting 2025. They're going to be more active. They've got more time to deal with this class. You can put the the, the full pitch on these guys. You couldn't really do that last year. You still were sort of trying to... To, to, to play catch up, you also were trying to make sure that you hit the ground running in terms of actual on-field results. So now their feet are set, their rep- reputation is more established, and I think you're going to see the recruiting at the traditional high school level go back up to where we're hoping it was going to go, starting with the class of 2025. And, and, and this trip to South Florida is a good way to get it started. Uh, go it ahead. almost has to be that way because, to me, these type of transfer portals classes are just not sustainable to an extent. Like, we can't go out and get – 30 guys every year because there's there's certain um like cultures and like stuff that Jeff wants to promote within the program that like you kind of like you said that you have to go out and get guys that are good fits and come in here for the right reasons 
Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get everything out of those guys that you want. And so, some guys, whenever you don't have time to recruit them like that, they're just obviously just not going to be good fits just because that's just the way that works out sometimes. So for sure. It's almost just not sustainable for it to be transfer portal like this. So I, heavy every year. I do think at a program like Louisville, the concern you have, because when Satterfield left, the, the weirdest thing about the tail end of his tenure here was Louisville was recruiting at a level they never really had before. It wasn't just, hey, we're getting some of the better secondary players from Florida and occasionally a guy here or there. All of a sudden, we're getting like five-star kids from California and, and you know, Ruben Owens, the best running back in the country out of Texas, and that was a weird thing. I think if you're at a place like Louisville and you get those types of kids, I'm not saying you don't go after them if you feel like they, they want to come here for the right reasons, but the concern becomes, let's say you land a five-star kid or a high four-star kid from anywhere and they come here and they don't play right away. Well, they're going to leave after after one year. Like that's just it's the way it is right now. Like they're they're going to go somewhere else. Like somebody else will promise them playing time immediately. They're going to be pissed off that you didn't maybe fulfill what you thought they what they thought you were going to do, and you run the risk of just not having that guy and wasting resources on them for a full season. Let's say they come here as true freshmen, they kill it. There's a good chance they're going to leave. If if you light it up as a true freshman at Louisville, all of a sudden the Ohio State's, the Notre Dame's, the the the, you know, the, the Florida State's of the world. They're coming at you and they're saying, like, you're a hell of a player. Come here, be under a bigger spotlight. You got a better chance to play for a national title. I think that's the risk that you run when you go after those types of kids. So I think you have to be certain that when you are getting a high profile recruit, if you're if, if you're fortunate enough to do that, that they're like they're fine with either learning the system and redshirting a year or playing minimal snaps their their first couple of years and just, you know being brought along slowly and playing behind some of these transfer portal guys. So I think that's, you have to take that into account. I, I, I want to ask you, Trey, you, I actually have not gotten a chance to talk with you about this. You were all over the pictures of the trip to the, the holiday bowl. Yeah, I was. Yeah. The holiday bowl, like they had pictures of well, like, there the, was, I was, I was thinking I was in one of the like photos when we got there and then I was in, um, one video. So, I mean, I don't know about all over, but... You were all over it. The, the Holiday Bowl had picked... Like, the cards have arrived. You guys are getting off the... And it was like you wearing your Louisville football gear getting out there. Yeah. Who's not a member of the team. No. But the, the what I want to talk to you about is when you guys went to whatever the theme park. Right. SeaWorld. SeaWorld. Correct, yeah. You're riding the right... You're riding next to Jeff Brom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. you and the head coach of the program. Yeah. And that's a pretty valuable seat. It was. <laughs> it was How did fun. this happen? Um. Well, so... I Because... I, First, just a touch of context. I've I've known Brady Brown all my life, sure. so um, that is the reason I was there. Um, so, and whenever we were just in line for the ride, and uh, I forget who Brady was sitting with. I think it was maybe Rocco, and uh, I was he was just like, "Yeah, you can ride with Jeff." And it was just, I mean, so I, it's not that weird for me because I've known them all my life. Right. Like Patrick played baseball with Brady when he when they were like five. So I mean, and Jeff comes to my house like, I mean, we literally live couple doors down from each other mm-hmm. so i see him quite a bit and um so it just i mean it for me it was just i was just i've known him so long it just it wasn't that weird for me but like yeah it is a pretty valuable scene and it was kind of crazy to see um them post it so. it's not like the social media channel i'm like is that trey next, <laughs> next to jeff like that's yeah. it, it, was, it was wild it was a little bit of an odd interaction i won't lie because i mean it was all over like you said all over social media so people were te- people that don't know were texting me like what in the world is how was the experience by the way san diego I seems mean, like a very, very it, fun place to visit that is actually one of my favorite cities i've ever visited it is an awesome place i mean the weather is like unbeatable 
And then obviously on a bowl trip like that, they're gonna, I mean, I was with Brady, so they're, I mean, they're going to take care of you as much as they can. The Holiday Bowl, I will say, is a great bowl, even though we lost. They did. It was great hospitality, and they did take care of us out there. I will say. I do kind of blame you for the loss. If that's uh, yeah. I mean, I'll take I'll take whatever blame I can shoulder. Honestly, I mean, my maybe, bad. Maybe we should have bring one home next time. That's yeah. all I'll say. That's yeah. all I know. Uh, ACC football news that is pertinent to our interests around here. Jeff Halfley, the Boston College coach, who just a couple of years ago was was viewed as one of the bright young stars in college football coaching, and still kind of was. They had a bounce back season this year. They were building towards being better this this coming season. Uh, announced today that he's leaving the school to become the Green Bay Packers' new defensive coordinator. So that's a a big blow to Boston College and their progress. If that uh, the quarterback, if Castellanos wants to go somewhere else, hey, you know, wouldn't hate having him here. But uh, BC will be looking for a new head coach, and it's a little bit late in the process now to get that going. Most guys have mo- most of those spots have already been filled. So you know, we we play Boston College this year. We'll see what happens. Uh, on that front. Also, a couple quick news and notes before we get back to the Thornton's text line. Louisville volleyball star Anna DeBeer named the ACC Scholar of the Year for uh, for volleyball in the conference. She's smart. It's that uh, the, that assumption upbringing. She kills it on the court and off the court. And she's coming back for one more year. That'll be a lot of fun. Burner Ball, which is the, the Trulli Donovan site. And a lot of people talking about Trulli Donovan these days. What's he, what's he mean when he says Mick Cronin's no longer an option? What does he know? Who, do, who does he know? What's going on there? Uh, he, he did have his latest February coaching carousel breakdown at his website, which is burnerball.com. Nothing groundbreaking here, but but did say he expects Kenny Payne to not be retained and just does say that Louisville, the job opening, will likely be the biggest job. There's no, there's no likely about it. It will be the biggest job opening of the cycle this spring. Uh, other names to keep an eye on, uh, Juwan Howard in Michigan seems like, I don't know what's going on there. Mike Boynton, who we mentioned earlier at Oklahoma State. Chris Holman at Ohio State took a big, big loss the other night and would not be shocked at all if he is is learning Field of 68 pretty soon and kind of <laughs> doing shows on that network moving forward. But if you want to see the full rundown, go to burnerball.com. They got all the latest on the, the coaching carousel. I also want to give a shout-out to UL Men's Tennis. They're off to a hot start. They will take on Kentucky in the Battle of the Bluegrass. Always want to beat Kentucky in everything, including men's tennis. Get it done. Let's make that happen. All right, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. More from you guys. Let's see what happens here. Texture says, between the rejoins and the TV shows watched at the Scoots house, I can't believe that they don't get laid every weekend. Have you seen Scoots? I mean, it's well, it's not all that surprising. Come on, that's I'm the, just kidding. I love Scoots. I did. I mean, I, one of the like the most like genuine laugh out loud moments I've had with Scoots doing the show was yesterday when I was talking. We were talking about him and Gil and their their interactions at their house. And I was like, you know, who's who's leading when it comes? You guys have lived together for a while now. Who's leading in the, like, bringing home girls race? And he was like, I, he's like, I think it's tied. I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm, I, was like, I was like, the fact that you could say so quickly, like, the number's tied, leads me to believe that it's not a high count. He's like, oh, no, it's 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> like, the, the way he said it made me, made me laugh very hard. He's like, he's like, I think he's like, we had lived in an apartment together for, like, five years before this. Like, I think all time it's, like, 2-2. Two to two. Wow. Yeah, that's – Scoots, is, he's, he's, he's slow playing it. He's, he's waiting on the one. He's waiting on the one. He's waiting on the one. I've I've said it before. This is the year for love for Scoots. It's gonna happen. He's waiting for the real thing. It's gonna happen. Texture says I worked in the bag room as a caddy at LCC in high school and college. Best job I've had. People who work in country clubs, have, by and large, that I know have, have really liked it. I work at a country club. It's pretty awesome. Do you still is Wildwood? Yeah, correct. There you go. Yep. I know someone that works at LCC too. He loved it. Texture says classic Glenn interaction. That's my dad. Yeah, he's he, you know he's he's a big aviator guy, big aviation guy. Once he's gonna set the record straight when it comes to Amelia Earhart stuff. Talk. 
Texas, let's do a Mount Rushmore of topics that you cannot or don't want to discuss on the air. That kind of defeats the purpose, and I'm going to do that. Because, look, you guys, I mean, I, 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 you guys text about Trevor 75 times a day. You know that I can't talk about it. So, so that that's that's on the list. And the fact that you try to trick me into talking about it is just not not very nice. Um, we have good news on the Trevor front today. We're, we're, we're celebrating. It's all we can awesome. say. It's all we can say. It's all we can we say. I can't, I can't say anything else. But that's that's number one. Um I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I feel like legal issues for anybody is number two. Like, like, you know, like for other people that aren't, that are members of like Louisville sports or Louisville media that people try to get me to talk about, like that's two. I mean, I don't want to talk about the coaching search anymore, but you have to. It's like the biggest part of the job right now. That's three. And, and then, I don't know. I was really done with talking about like Satterfield. Does he deserve another year? That'd be four. <laughs> Uh, Texture says, what are the odds that Josh actually waits until April 1st? He really can't wait that long to do the transfer portal, right? I don't know why people keep saying that we have to save $2 million. It doesn't make sense. This is my thing. I like When I look at this, I'm like, there's no way he can wait. The, the, that two weeks is critical. You've got to be, you got to be on the ball. you got to know what you're doing. The only way that I can see him waiting is if he's got somebody lined up who's playing deep into the NCAA tournament. Let's say, because this is a it's, a, it's a late year for the tournament. The first round, I believe, is like March 20th, 21st, or the, or the first two days. So if you make a run to the like the Sweet 16, you're playing on, on March 28th, March 29th. That's really close to the deadline. And you can't announce that person as the head coach until their season's over. So maybe you do just wait and, and say, like, we've got, the, we've got NATO's lined up. Because Musman's not going to be in the tournament. We got Nate Oates lined up. He's playing the Sweet 16. They lose on the 29th. You can just wait and say, "Hey, well, you know, we, we Nate Oates is hired on April 1st. We fired Kenny Payne. Boom, buyout's done." I don't like. That's the only hypothetical where I can see that working. I think it'd be really strange for Louisville to finish the season if they have like eight or nine wins, which seems fairly likely, to just not announce for 19 days. And have everybody kind of wonder. I mean, you think the fan base is fed up right now and 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 dragging Josh Hurd for lack of decision and all this stuff. Uh, imagine if we're all expecting Kenny Payne to get fired and we just don't hear anything for three weeks. People are going to be going nuts. And if you're willing to put up with that, then, then that's one thing. I think it'd be in everyone's best interest to just do it. But I'm not sure how much that $2 million means to the people at UofL. If it means a ton, then you got to do what you got to do. Texas says, I saw a bunch of people roll up to Valley High School in SUVs when I was playing basketball. I thought I was going to die, but they jumped out and yelled, girl fight. I proceeded to leave, but I assumed the two angry girls that were yelling at each other when they got out of the car got into a fight. That's a scary environment. I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Arranged girl fights back in high school. I don't know. Texas says, okay, Scoots nailed it with Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. It's a good song. Fish in the Night. Texas I heard that John Chaney is actually still alive and will be the new coach. I would love it, but he's not. I'm sorry. Texas, can we vote on the music? Scoots is a worst DJ for sure. That being said, he's doing his best, and I appreciate it. Scoots is doing fine. I don't think Scoots is doing too bad. He's doing fine. I don't think he's doing too bad. He's doing great. Texas says, do men watch Grey's Anatomy? I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. No, I don't think so. Scoots does. Well, Gil does, I think. Gil's flying through Grey's Anatomy. Texas, with the college hoops slate being boring tonight, check out Adrian Autry's live Q&A tonight with fans, streaming exclusively on Twitch at 8 p.m. It's kind of refreshing to see a coach not scared to do media. Um, I mean, 
I, I might check that out. What, I mean, he's he's not in as dire a situation as as Kenny Payne is here, but Syracuse fans definitely are not thrilled with Adrian Autry. I, it's a great idea. I mean, live streaming, fans can ask what they want, put it on Twitch at 8 p.m. That is kind of a cool idea. It's 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 a little bit dangerous. I would never see it happening here with Kenny Payne, but props to him for stepping up and, and taking some difficult questions. Texture says, uh, my last text may have been confusing. 31 was the age Bobby Knight and Donovan were hired at IU in Florida, not when they won the titles. Okay, I was I was I was like shocked thinking that Billy Donovan won those two titles when he was 31 and 32. That makes a lot more sense. Billy the kid. Young gun. Fine with that. Texture says, uh, my God, these commercials, man. Uh, I mean, I, I look, I, I can't control the commercials. I'm sorry. I can't do it. It's it's not my fault. If you want to blame me, I've got no control over the commercials. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll get through as many texts as we can. We will make some predictions for the night ahead. It is kind of a, a light slate in the college basketball world, but we'll uh, – We'll give you some big X, big bets. Hopefully you can make some money tonight. Enjoy your, your Thursday evening. We've got one segment left. Keep it locked right here. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on Usually he has a couple songs at the end of Country Thursday where I'm like, I have no idea what this is. Like, like I listen to country music for a very brief period. Like, when you, I was a kid. I listened to what my parents listened to. My mom was was big into like early '90s country music. So there's like a, a small window where I know all these songs. And if you get out, I mean, I just have no idea what's going on. So usually he gets out of that window, and I get a little frustrated. But he's six for six today. Well done, that boy scoots. We got Trey Ryan in the house as, as Scoots took off a little bit early today. We'll have Trey Ryan. I think he'll be back tomorrow. That's correct. Yes, sir. We'll have Matt McGavick in studio for the first two hours from Louisville Report. Always a fun Friday. Then he's got to run off to the the, the leadoff dinner for Louisville Baseball. Uh, so it'll be just me and Trey for the last hour. We'll have some fun. It'll be a good time. Always. Celebrate Friday. Talk a, you know, talk a little uh, Louisville, Florida State basketball. I don't know. See what happens. Uh, we do have women's basketball tonight. It's a big-time matchup for... Jeff Walls and the Cardinals, the, the, the Cards hosting Syracuse. Hopefully you're going to make it out to the KFC Yum Center. It's a 7 o'clock tip out there. Louisville number 12 in the coaches poll. They're taking on Syracuse, who's number 21 this week uh, in the AP poll and number 23 in the coaches poll. Uh, Cards looking to hold on to first place in the ACC. They currently sit alone in first with a 7-1 and record. Syracuse is right behind them with a 7-2 and record. Three other teams also are 7-2. and Louisville leads the all-time series 19-7. to and are 11-1 and in games played at Louisville. Cardinals have won seven straight over the Orange have won and have won eight straight against the Orange in games played in Louisville. They've not lost to the Orange in Louisville since the KFC Yum Center opened back in the 2010-11 season. So a lot of history of dominance here. Let's keep it going tonight. Go Cards beat Qs, and you can listen to the action on our sister station, 970 WGTK. Thornton sex line is 502-414-1450. If you want to have your thoughts heard on today's show, you got about eh, 25 minutes to make it happen. Text in those thoughts, uh, and then we'll pick some games tonight. It's a week slate on the men's college basketball side, but we got I, I got a couple picks for you. 
Uh, Patrick did text in, by the way, and said hearing Patrick Ryan could make an appearance in studio tomorrow. He just can't stay away. Uh-oh. He, could, he just can't help himself. He just can't stay away. He just can't help himself. He's officially Friday Patty, too. Friday Patty. Friday Patty out there at WKU. He posted the picture on Instagram. with. I mean, he's rocking the chain. The chain's hanging out now. Yeah, he is. God. I mean, just, it was quite the statement. Yeah. I saw it. He's like, I thought I had the chain tucked and all the pictures with that one. <laughs> Like, no, on, he man. didn't. Come on, man. He knew he, he knew he had it out. It was a big chain frat from all the pictures I saw. I'm like, yeah, these kids are. It is. Yeah. They all they all like that. Yeah, those pikes just let it show. Yeah, yeah. props to him. Uh, so we'll talk to we'll have uh, we'll have both Ryan boys in tomorrow. Should be fun. Love that. It'll be a good time. Uh, Texture says it's more than one twenty million to get out of the ACC. It's five hundred million, and the word is that if they can get it below two hundred million, they will borrow the money from banks just to get out. I thought it was one twenty for the grant of rights, but five hundred is uh, that, that's different entirely. If they can, I mean, borrow money from the banks to get a. I don't think a change is happening anytime soon. I've been saying this for a long time. I think if they could do it, they would have done it a while ago. But we'll see. It, it does kind of feel like if Florida State was able to make it happen, Clemson would follow suit. North Carolina would probably follow suit. Like everyone's just sort of waiting to see if that big first domino can fall. Until it does, everyone's just going to stand packed and and. My hope is that the ACC can get some stuff right and that in this new era with the college football playoff, we'll realize that we're going to be okay. It'd be, this would be a great time for the ACC to, to have a couple of really good years in football and men's basketball and kind of stabilize the conference and, and let the current member institutions know that you can still do whatever you want to do, even with the new landscape here in, in the ACC. Win national titles, compete for national titles, it's all still possible. But you know, right now, basketball kind of falling behind some of the other bigger leagues is not helping make that case. Texas, any thoughts on Hamilton to Fer- the Ferrari news? Also still an F1 uh, fan, Mike. Does Scoots watch it all? Scoots, I know, is not a big F1 guy. It is crazy news today, seeing that uh, Lewis Hamilton, the most decorated F1 driver, one of the most F1 decorated, decorated F1 drivers of all time, is making the jump from Mercedes to Ferrari. Huge news. Hopefully you can uh, balance out the sport a little bit. I haven't watched, I mean, I barely watched any of last season because Verstappen just wins every week, and I hate him. It's not nearly as fun, but um, this is the type of drama that you want to see in the sport. This is definitely the type of drama that will pull people back in who had maybe checked out a little bit. Seven-time world champion Lewis Hamilton, winner of a record 103 races, leaving Mercedes for Ferrari. He's going to replace Carlos Sainz. Um, 39 years old, two-year contract with Mercedes. Um, it's uh, very, very or Signed a two-year contract with Mercedes last year, but exercised the release option that's going to let him go to Ferrari. Very big-time news in the world of Formula One racing. Texas says, I'm just curious if uh, if Josh Hurd were to vet Chris Beard, would he have access to the full police report on his incident? I would assume so. You would think. You'd think if... You'd uh, think, yeah. If Josh is going... I mean, like... There's no point in diving, I think, all the way into this conversation, even though everybody else has, and we've had the conversation a couple of times in the last three weeks. But if Josh were to go down that road, the interesting thing to me is we're not even two years removed from him talking about at the introductory press conference for Kenny Payne that if he'd ever heard a single bad word about Kenny Payne's character, he wouldn't have been able to hire him at UofL. The implication being that we're in a unique spot where you know, we've been stigmatized, that we, we have this reputation for being everything that's wrong with college sports, and, and you can't afford to hire somebody who has character issues or who has a, a checkered past or who has something beneath the surface that might blow up 
if he comes in and coaches at U of L because you just you know, you, you got to be a by the book program. And if that was his mentality two years ago, you can't assume that that much has changed over the course of the last twenty four months. We're still very much in that spot, even though we're out from underneath the NCA lens. Uh, we're, we're we'll be out from pro, of probation. That's over after this year. There's like, like no more scholarship reductions, n- nothing like that. No 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 lingering effects from what took place in 2015 or 2017, at least not like physically, but there still are lasting stigmas that are out there. And I think Josh is, is very much committed to changing the image of the program. And if that's the case, I mean, you've got, you got lingering stuff out there with Chris Beard and he would have to, he, he would have to know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Beard story is exactly what happened. And even then, are you willing to put up with that scrutiny? It's a it, it's it's a question that I just don't have the answer to. I don't, I don't know what his thought process would be, and it's why us debating the merits of hiring Chris Beard is just sort of a it, it's a moot conversation because we have no idea if he's even a candidate, and we also have no idea if Chris Beard would even want to leave Ole Miss. We had the texture yesterday saying, like, after watching them play Mississippi State and seeing his passion and seeing the, the the home crowd and all that stuff, I don't think he's he's bouncing there after just a year when they were the only ones to extend an olive branch and give him that chance. And I think there may be some validity to that. Maybe he wants to build something in Oxford for a while. I've got no idea. But until then, having this debate and being at each other's throats and saying all these mean things, it's just it's it's sort of a meaningless conversation. <laughs> Excuse me. My text, is, uh, text says, my biggest takeaway from the show yesterday was that Mike would be an Olympian decathlete today if he was better hydrated while playing sports in middle school. Exactly. Proper hydration is, is a new thing. Yeah, Trey, I'm sure Emmanuel, when you were starring on the football field, they were, you know, they were telling you you have to drink this much water, you got to do all this thing. They weren't telling that this that like 18 years ago. Hydration's a new thing. Like drinking water. Oh, really? We were. It was never beaten into our brain that you've got to. You know, they have these like pea color charts now everywhere. Yeah. Like being a great teammate means having color. Like we were just we were just slamming Mountain Dews before games. We had uh, no idea yeah. that you were supposed to be properly hydrated. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, that's... water's a new thing for kids. Interesting. I didn't know that. They just, I mean, I, I, my parents just like, you know, everybody's parents just put a soda in their backpack and then we're like, okay, go about your day. It's the way it's going to go. I had a, I, before every baseball game I played in high school, I had a Mountain Dew energy drink and a Snickers Crunch. That was my, my, my pregame fuel. That'll do it. I don't know. But yeah, it was, a, I, 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 I clearly would have gone pro if I'd just been properly hydrated. There's no question about it. Texture says, um, the Ted show on Peacock is hilarious. It is funny. Scoots it- did say that he, I did a podcast a couple weeks ago where they were like, pick any, you know, we bring on like a sports person to talk about a non-sports thing. Pick any pop culture thing, book, movie, TV show that you like know a lot about, that you're passionate about, and, and that you can talk in a humorous way for 30 minutes about. And I picked Laguna Beach, which I watched when it was on uh, in college, was a big fan back in the day. And I asked Scoots the same question, like, what would you pick in that situation? And he said, the movie Ted. Yeah, and now you've got the Ted Show out there, which people are liking a lot. What would you pick, Trey? If you had to, if somebody's like, "Come on, my show. We're going to talk about a, a, a pop culture thing that you like and that you can be funny about that you know a lot about for thirty minutes." What would you go with? Um, honestly, that's I would say probably one of those older Will Ferrell movies like Talladega Nights or Step there you Brothers. Go. Those are those are probably two of my favorite like comedy movies ever. There you go. So that yeah, those are my picks. Texas says. Uh, the show Ted on Peacock is only one season so far, and yes, it's the Ted from the movies. People are I mean, it's two votes back to back for Ted the show. No, it is actually funny. I will say it's kind of because it's like, um, like 
in the past. Like Ted, it's like whenever like uh, I forget the dude's name, like Johnny, whenever he was like a kid, like in high school or middle school or something. So it's like not really like the movies in a way, but it is. So it is actually pretty funny. I'll be perfectly honest. We've been watching a lot of Peacock recently because we've been watching Vanderpump Rules. And they, we do have like the limited ads, but you still get a few of the ads. Right. And so I'd always see that, but I wasn't paying any. Like, that, like I, I very much am like, hey, oh, I've got 75 seconds. Let me pick up my phone, scroll yeah, through yeah, some yeah, stuff, yeah. and then I put the phone back down when the show starts. I, so I, I, I always kind of saw that there was something about Ted going. I assumed it was like a made-for-peacock prequel movie. I had no idea it was a show until just now. Yeah. There you go. That's how little I'm paying it. Your commercials don't work on me, people. <laughs> you may as well just not even have them. At least I'm not like my wife who just keeps the phone going throughout the show. Which look, I'm fine that's with. So if you don't annoying. if you don't want to pay attention, that's I'm fine. Where I have an issue is when you're gonna start asking me questions about what's going on. Like you either watch or you don't watch. I'm not gonna rewind this for you every fifteen seconds. That's I'm, that's where my issue comes in. Yeah. I mean that's exactly how my dad is, fun fact. He literally just leaves and like goes to the bathroom, and does whatever, and he's like, Oh, what happened? Like, Can't do that. It's so annoying. Can't, if you if you want me to pause the show, I'll pause the show. But if you want me to keep going, I'm not gonna recap it for you. I'm watching. I'm focused. Texas says, Mike, watch Better Call Saul if you like Breaking Bad. Did you watch, you said, you said Breaking Bad's your favorite show. Did you watch Better Call Saul? Uh, I never actually did get into that. I watched a couple episodes of it, but I never watched anything past like the first season. I never watched it. And I, I've, I have it. friends who, who like legit liked Better Call Saul better than Breaking Bad. Really? I've, my, I think my dad watched it. I think he said it was really good, but I never watched it. It's normal. I keep saying, like, I'll watch all these shows, and then I just never get, like, I've been saying this about The Sopranos for years, and then I just never get around to it. Eventually, I'm going to have to start doing some work here. And watching some of these shows. But Better Call Saul, it's been on the list for a while. Texture says, uh, check out Loudermilk. And the second vote for Loudermilk. Only three seasons so far. The main character is the guy from Office Space. Sarcastic fun and the occasional nudity. I think I, I, I looked at it during the break. He's talking about Ron Livingston, who I do really, really like. Um, Shot to Swingers. Fantastic movie still, after all these years. Texture says, I couldn't listen today uh, live, but suck at Scoots from Scootator. I'm sure Scoots is saying, suck at Scootator back at you. But he's gone. You know he is. He left. I do like Scoots. We got a text earlier in the show where it was like, I, I can't wait to say suck it to Scoots on the golf course. And I was like, I think this is somebody who knows you, Scoots. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's my brother. <laughs> in the last week, we've had we've had hate on Scoots from his brother and also the person who apparently was next to his locker in high school. What? Yeah. They're just coming at Scoots from all angles. All angles. He's just catching it from everywhere. Poor Te- Scoots. Texas says, I thought I'd hate it, but I'm, I am really enjoying It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Danny DeVito is delightful. I mean, yeah, I watched that back in the day. It was very, uh, I mean, the, the, the show started when I was in high school. I mean, college. Big fan. Enjoyed it. Haven't watched the recent seasons, but but definitely enjoyed it back then. Uh, Texas says, hey, Scoots, boiler up. Scoots is still just catching strays. Hasn't been on the show for 45 minutes. Texas says, the bear is great. House of the Dragon uh, is very good. Also, Friends from College on Netflix is good and short. I've seen, have not seen The Bear. I did not watch House of the Dragon. I said I won't watch it because I'm so mad at Game of Thrones the way it ended. I, if, it, if, if that show's on for 10 years and it winds up being fantastic and everyone's like, it's one of the greatest shows ever made, then I'll watch it. But I'm, I don't, I have no trust in that franchise anymore. We watched Friends from College on Netflix. Loved it. Big fans. It's the same issue we were talking about that that uh, that Gen Z people have with starting new shows, and it's why they watch shows like Suits and, and The Office and and all these shows that were on a bunch of years ago that that have a logical ending. They don't want to commit themselves to shows that end abruptly because they get canceled. That happened with Friends from College, season two was great. I was all into it, and then it has this huge plot twist in the season two finale. I won't spoil it for if if anybody wants to watch, and, and the show got canceled. 
Like I was very curious to see where they went from there, and we'll just never know. And I'm very upset about it. And it's why I don't give my show, my heart, to shows that have bad endings. Texture says, what's going on with the indoor baseball facility? I remember Kroger giving money, and I thought the construction was about to start. That was years ago. It's a great question. I don't have the answer to it. I, I We keep getting reaffirmations from the brass at UofL that it's going to happen. I know. I mean, look, Dan McDonald made waves after at the end of last season by saying he keeps getting promised this, and it's it has not happened, and we're falling behind the other top programs in the country in college baseball when it comes to facilities, and and you know, they're playing some of these teams. They play some of the best programs in, in the ACC, and it's a different world when you go and play at their ballpark and you see their facilities than it is with us. And a lot of people react to that, you had people that were coming to his defense. You had people that were saying he's only bringing this up now because they had such a disastrous season. All I know is that Josh Hurd, like the next day, had to sit down with Dan. They apparently had a lengthy conversation. Whatever was said was was enough to, to satisfy Dan McDonald and kind of quiet the, the complaints there. I'm assuming there's a plan in place. We've not heard anything definitive. It's it's been a little odd to me that we haven't had like, hey, like we're, we're breaking ground on this on on this day because it does seem like that's something that needs to happen. Certainly, Dan McDonald has earned it, and hopefully, if if Louisville baseball, regardless of how they do this season, they can get this thing accomplished and we can start building back towards getting McDonald what what he wants because like he's uh, he's earned it for sure. Texas, my favorite show of all time is Community. Only heard good things, never watched it. Seen the clips, but still have never seen it. Texture says, can you please have Trey Ryan from Cluckers say this is Trey Ryan from Cluckers? Should we give him to it? Should we give it to him? I don't know. I think, I think you should. Yeah, this is Trey Ryan for Cluckers. It's for Cluckers, is, I think is what I said. It's Trey Ryan for Cluckers. This is Trey Ryan Favorite for Cluckers. Favorite place? <laughs> it's, it's a great commercial. It's a great commercial. I just love that you introduce yourself. Hey, I just read the script, Mike. <laughs> I, I, I just do what I'm told. That's what, hey, I, I've been saying the exact same thing for about 10 years no, now. I just do what I'm told. I just read the script. Texas says, my first college roommate was a rando. He got arrested first semester for being drunk and high and stealing street signs and defacing property around campus. At 2.30 a.m. on a Thursday morning, I could hear him running down the halls of the dorm before he crashed into the room, screaming about how the cops wouldn't catch him. His friends had to call him and tell him to come down or the cops would come to the room and remove him by force. What a great guy. This is why I didn't have, I'm glad that I never had a random roommate freshman year of college or sophomore year of college. That would have been, it's tough. Couldn't imagine. It's hit or miss. You never had. You haven't had to have the dorm experience. No, though. no, 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 no. Thank God. You're rocking the house. You're living the, the big beautiful. life already. That's awesome. I mean, I had so I, I did. I roomed with my best friend freshman year. We had a rowdy floor, of like, like very much a. I think a group of like former high school football players who just never really drank in high school and just could not handle it in college. Like, you know, we 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 drank probably more than we should in high school, and I felt like we were pretty. We were equipped to handle the party scene once we got there. Right, like we weren't. You know, we we had fun, but like we weren't just gonna. Like these guys would just come back every single Friday and Saturday night and just like break stuff in the lounge yeah, and just, you know, like 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 throw food all over the. And it was just like, okay, guys, like this is let, let's let's at least be semi adults here. This is ridiculous. Like just like, the constant fights. Like you come back, there's like blood spattered against the wall. I'm like, yeah, that's Jesus. not good. I will say it's like frequently you see like exit signs or like uh, hand san- hand sanitizer dispensers are pretty frequently broken. Just things like that. I mean, <laughs> it still pretty, still goes on. Just stuff gets broken a lot in the dorms. Still, <laughs> Patrick wants to know whether this conversation stemmed from my random roommate. Yeah, we, we I brought it up like on yesterday's show, I think, or two days ago. And now people are rea- still reacting to it. 
Yeah, Patrick has a random roommate at WKU. I, I told a story of one of my best friends who had a random roommate his first semester at UK and who just creepily watched him play Madden all the time. It's a, I mean, it's already an awkward time when you're leaving home for the first time or getting out and being an adult for the first time. Tossing in a very strange person to live with for that year is just just complicates it even further. It's I hope not. Patrick's roommate awkwardly watches him play Madden. I hope Patrick's roommate's like awkwardly going to listen to the show tomorrow. <laughs> just text in, maybe. I hope he does. Texture says, what about Sons of Anarchy? I've never seen it. Never watched it. Uh, another vote for the bear here. Very good if you haven't seen it yet. I feel like when we have these conversations, it's come up a few times where I've needed a new show. The bear always gets a lot of votes. People do say that they appreciate it more if they worked in a restaurant. I never worked in a restaurant, so I don't know if that's if some of the stuff's going to be lost on me, but let's see. Texas Brilliantly Dumb on the, the, the cameo list is a guy named Bobby Berger, who's a YouTube golf personality that I think you would enjoy. I don't know any of the YouTube personalities. That's the thing. Whenever I see somebody who's famous that's doing something crazy, like they're trending on Twitter or whatever, I, at this point, just assume they're a YouTube person because I just don't know. Texas says, you already uh, probably already mentioned it, but what was TJ and Cruz's reaction to last night's game? As a Louisville fan, I only ask this because Misery loves company. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to listen to KRC today, but I did listen to TJ's spaces after the game a little bit with, with him and two other guys, uh, not Roush, but, but a couple other guys. They were, I mean, I feel like TJ was pretty measured. One of the other guys was pretty upset. There was a lot of, I mean, nowadays, anytime they lose a game that they're not supposed to, it's very much becomes a John Calipari conversation. Now, they, I think you could pivot a little bit and say, we didn't have DJ Wagner, we didn't have Justin Edwards. One of those guys matters. Um, that's the reason why they lost. But it was, a, it was a game that they had in hand. It was going to be a nice little gritty victory for them. And instead, it's a... It's a pretty bad home loss. Like that's not, not. I mean, you're seven and a half point favorites. Florida's fine, but to lose to them at home is, it's like you've already seen. I think the one seed slip away. You're starting to see the two seed kind of slip away as well. Texter says uh, that that Ty Spalding tweet made me so horny. Well, that's sometimes it's gonna happen to you. Texas, I hope Brom is on the phone right now, trying to get Bama transfers. Maybe. Texas is getting worried about keeping Brom from the NFL if he kills it here after reading what uh, BC former coach said about the state of college football. I think it's a concern if you have a coach who who feels that way, who just who hates the transfer portal, who hates NIL, who hates dealing with the constant roster restructuring. Jeff seems to kind of enjoy it, at least I, so far. I could not see him leaving for anything. I mean, anytime soon, at least. I mean, and it would have to be, even if it was the NFL, I feel like it would have to be a very, very specific. Like, even there's some NFL jobs that I don't even think he would take. Yeah. I think he loves it here. And I think, it, that, like you said, he doesn't have necessarily a big problem with the way of college football is now. It's the same with, I think you're seeing the same thing kind of with college football and college basketball. There are some coaches that just do not want to do the, the extra work that comes with having to recruit your own roster and having to have a, a, a list of transfer portal guys out there and, and, and all this stuff. And it's why you're seeing some coaches step away from the game early or want to make moves to the NBA or the NFL on the football side of things. And some coaches are, are, are willing to embrace it. I think Jeff is one of those coaches who's seems so far, maybe he gets burnt out at some point, but seems willing to embrace it. But I don't think Jeff Halfley will, will be the last college football coach to make a similar move and say a similar thing. Texas says, uh, you know who doesn't have character questions? TJ Otzelberger, baby. There's the TJ is the way guy. There he is. Texas, the stigma against us is fake juice. Pee on the NCA. Well, I agree. I agree. Not saying that uh not not saying that it's wrongly being attributed to us. I'm just saying there's a stigma. 
Texture says that texture that ran away from the girl fight is uh, scared is what's wrong with America. There you go. <laughs> Texas Mike, I drink a Mountain Dew every day alongside eating a Snickers of my whole life in high school. Mike randomly thought out the show's history. I get these bad headaches and all COVID is still kicking my ass. It all goes back to the Mountain Dew. You're right. Every health pro- problem that I have now. To my credit, it, it, at least I got out in front of it a little bit. Like After college, I just gave up sodas, cold turkey. I drank way too much soda growing up. Drank it way too much in college. And uh, after college, I was like, this is one thing that I can handle. And now like, I, I can't even, it's too sweet. Like Thinking about it, I don't even like, yeah, no interest in drinking soda anymore. Texas, I think you would like Tyler Perry's House of Pain and Tyler Perry's Meet the Browns. I've never gotten into a Tyler Perry show. Oh, that's shocking. Texas, the entire first season of The Bear was just a bleep ton of everybody yelling at each other. But people say the second season is superior, is what I hear. Texas, I had three all-sport drinks before track meets in the late 90s. Nothing like a good carbonated sports drink. Trey, is all-sport even around anymore? I don't think so. Is it all-sport? All-sport was a drink? drink. No, no, no. It was a carbonated sports is. drink. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. And, like, they would uh, – we, we played a lot of, like, fall ball games in, in some uh, like summer leagues at Seneca's baseball field. And I remember all they sold, no Powerade, no Gatorade, no whatever aid. They just sold all sport, and it was the least refreshing thing. It was like, here, let's you know, just chug these bubbles now while you're, no, you're sweating out. It was, it was awful. That sounds terrible. And you're, you're like, well, maybe at least it tasted good. Oh no, it didn't taste good. It what was, were the flavors? How how do you mess that up? Was it like like red, blue, and purple? Didn't matter what the actual flavor names were. It just it just tasted like carbonated bubbles. It was so gross. That's disgusting. No yeah. wonder it didn't make it. Yeah, it, it didn't deserve to make it. Should not have been around anyway. There's Mike. You should watch Twisted Metal on Peacock if you haven't already. Um, I, I've seen the commercials. I never played the. I think I played the video game a couple times, at like friends' houses, but I never played it enough to really like get into it. So I don't. I don't know if that would make a difference, but people have recommended it. Texas every second uh, period senior year was Code Red Mountain Dew and Andy Capps Hot Fries. Code Red Mountain Dew was fantastic. I was like I. I was all the variations of Mountain Dew at some point in my life. I enjoyed. I was a big Mountain Dew guy. Texas Peaky Blinders. I've tried it. It was too weird for even me. Yeah, too weird for me. There's how about Boardwalk Empire? Never seen it. Heard good things. Never seen it. Um, I appreciate all the the, the recommendations today. I, I mean, I I'm I'm genuinely thinking about starting The Sopranos. I feel like it's time. I know it's 25 years uh, past this, but it may be time to make it happen. Make it happen. Texas, hey Trey, this is Ross. I've been to Cluckers. It's good, but as a local fan who lives in Fern Creek near St. Gabriel, I belong to Happy Acres, and I've run around Fern Creek and Jaytown my whole life. I've never been able to play Wildwood Country Club my whole life. I'm turning 40, and I've got COVID right now. DM me good news. Like Ross just shamelessly trying to get on at Wildwood. Well, I mean, we can make that happen. There DM me, Ross. Wildwood's like, it's not like the toughest course in the world, but it's like I never score well there. No, it's, there. the way some of the holes are set up is kind of difficult. Uh, they're, 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 especially that last – it's nine now. They flipped the nines. I don't know if you knew that. but No, so so 18, the long par three is now nine? Correct, yeah. Ooh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, they flipped the nine. So hole nine right now, that long par five with like the creek in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, that, that hole to me is like one of the hardest holes on the course. This, there's some quirky holes for they sure. They are. They're weird. That long par three is not fun either. 18, the last time I played there, I hit, like, the green. I'm like, hell yeah, like, this, what, what a shot. And I get up there, and, and, like, my ball is resting at the very top of that slope of the green. And the, the pin, And, like, I was like, there's no way I can keep this ball on the green. No, like, no, no, it's impossible. Barely tapped it, went off the green. It was, yeah, ter- it was, it was terrible. very annoying. Uh, tonight, very lame night in college basketball. I do have two big X, big bets for you. Um, circle these, write these down, make some money. SMU is an 8.5-point home favorite against Tulane. That's a 7 o'clock tip-off on ESPN2. Uh 
Sam Williamson and company, they're covering the spread there. Take SMU, minus 8.5. They're going to win that game by double digits. I feel good about that. And then one of the only ranked teams playing tonight, maybe the only ranked team playing tonight, uh, Wisconsin, two ranked teams playing tonight. Wisconsin's on the road taking on Nebraska. I know Nebraska's fighting for their NCAA tournament life. They want to. Hoiberg's trying to get them NCAA tournament ready. I think Wisconsin's really good. I don't think they're going to lose this game. They're only a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. They're going to get it done tonight. They're going to win by at least two points. Take the Badgers and the one-and-a-half. Let's get it done. Uh, Arizona versus Cal is the only other game tonight. And it's, yeah, whatever. Kind of lame. Don't worry about it. Trey, big thanks to you for stepping in tomorrow. We'll see uh, today. We'll see you tomorrow as well. Yes, sir. Very no excited problem. about it. Uh, thanks to all the text. Thanks for spending some time with us. Enjoy your Thursday nights. We're back tomorrow. Matt McGavick will be here. Should be a fun Friday. We'll see you at three o'clock. Go cards. Only locally owned sports talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM, the Big X Sports Radio, WXVW, Jeffersonville. The following program has been pre-recorded. Good evening, folks, and welcome in another edition of the R&B Roofing and Remodeling Cardinal Insider. Jody Dimling here talking some Louisville sports.